Alright guys, this is Juan from the Cinnamon Movie Podcast, letting you know that this episode is brought to you by San Marcos Mexican Restaurant, located right here in Oklahoma City at 2301 Southwest 59th Street. They are the official and the only restaurant of the Cinnamon Movie Podcast. Get your lunch specials Monday through Friday for just $6.99, and then all day Wednesday, enjoy ice-cold margaritas on the rocks or frozen margaritas for just $5.00. San Marcos, the only restaurant of the Cinnamon Movie Podcast. Maybe I'm the one, maybe I'm the one who is the schizophrenic psycho, yeah. Maybe I'm the one, maybe I'm the one who is the schizophrenic psycho. You like that old man? You want a piece of me? Who I feel like? What do you think? I wish I knew how to quit you. Love beats never having to say you're sorry. You do? You shoot your eye out, kid. I am, sir. And don't call me sure. There's no crying in baseball! This is wrong, bitch. Hey, that Schwartz baby! I am the father. Get you, my pretty. Take your stinking paws off me. May the force be with you. Here's Johnny! Happy Monday, moviegoers. Welcome to episode 158. Welcome to our three-year anniversary show. Welcome to the Cinnamon Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Juan, and I am joined with the guys. Ed. Hey, what's up, folks? Zach. Hey. Craig. Hola. What a week. What a what a day, guys. I'm excited. Three years in the making, and we are sitting here talking Psycho today. The very first episode that we talked about, that we reviewed, uh, we uh, we put it in a in a different kind of review today, and we uh, just look back at all the fun episodes we've done. We look back at all the the fun memories we've had. Some of the top fives we'll go through. Um, we have a new top five that we're talking about today, so it should be a fun, girthy, linky, lengthy episode. So. Uh, How's everybody's weekend been? Ed, you have a good weekend? Uh, not too bad. Uh, it's been kind of, you know, uh, lonely. Um, the only Ed, uh, Zach, how about you? You have a good weekend? Pretty good. How about you guys? Not too bad. It's it was, you a, it was don't a, have to be lonely. It's a, you know, they have apps for that, Ed. Farmersonly.com. Oh, um, no, no, no. I'm not go, saying it's go bad. Milk, GoMilkMe.com. What the fuck? Yeah. What, where are you at? Um, I don't know, that is apparently. the side of the web I have never seen. So, we we recommend you not to Google GoMilkMe.com. But anyway, guys, what an episode last week! A look back as we reviewed, um, as we reviewed Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. I honestly enjoyed it. I gave it nine stars. You guys still kind of dragged on me though. Everybody else gave it a ten. You had to be that person. I was that person. But nine, nine is high. Nine is a really good review. I gave Promising Young Woman a, a 9 or a 10, and I enjoyed that movie. Yeah, I mean, 
teach their own. But let's take a look at, um, yeah, Shang-Chi was fun. If you guys want to listen to that episode, go back and listen to it in the archives. Spotify, Anchor, Podbean, um, wherever you listen to podcasts at, go check it out. But you guys can uh, check out our social media as well, facebook.com forward slash the Cinnamon Movie Podcast. You can check out the Instagram as one word, at Cinnamon Movie Podcast. And then the Twitter is at Cinnamon405. So check out uh, the social media. We just got done giving away a awesome horror movie poster that has all the good horror icons on it. So congratulations to Cassandra as you uh, get this this nice poster. Um and then keep an eye out because in October, we're just a few short weeks away from No Time to Die, and we're giving away a girthy No Time to Die giveaway with a No Time to Die poster, a six-pack of OKC soda, a $50 San Marcos gift certificate, and we're also giving away a uh, $50 gift card to CDR Electronics. Say what? Yeah. So check it out. Keep it up. Is that, the, is that the biggest one yet? That's the biggest giveaway giveaway that we've had yeah. so far. Wow. Over $100 worth of prizes. So it'll be pretty fun. Again, you can find us on the social media. But all right, guys, we've we're, uh, we're, we got so many things to do and go through right now that we're going to go ahead and get into the email bag a little bit different, uh, shaking it up today. So we've got so many emails to answer. I'm going to dig into some. Early? Email bag early. Um, this one comes from Cody. Congratulations on the three years. Love listening to you guys every week. Been listening since the Hook episode. You guys are funny, entertaining, and knowledgeable. Thank you. That's all towards me, by the way. Psych. No. Wow. <laughs> um, he also says, I love that I get almost four different reviews in one podcast. Also love the A24 series. Horror isn't really my thing, so I'm skipping the Friday the 13th episodes, but cannot wait for Spider-Man. If I could request a movie to dig into, it would be The Big Lebowski. It's my favorite film of all time. What do you guys think? We, we've talked about doing The Big Lebowski, and it just feels like... It's coming. Every time it, it, we, we, bring, we bring it up, there's something else that's like, uh, you know, we could do this. And, yeah. We could fit it in somewhere, but yeah. The Big Lebowski is coming. Hey. Um, but keep these emails up, guys. Uh, last week, since I've brought up you know some movies about requesting or or our top five movies that uh we want to do um there's been a lot of positive feedback so keep sending these emails in henry says shang chi was the most fun i've had in theaters in a very very long time a fun movie eight stars there you go you i gonna agree get, you gonna get on his case craig <laughs> he gave it an eight but he still enjoyed it no okay so i know where you stand where he stands it could be like only movies like I don't know. Not Marvel. Not comic book films are. are, are he, doesn't, he doesn't go to the movies that often. Maybe. Who knows? No, just like you know, films like that might be not his forte, but he still really enjoyed it. Isn't that I, a I know video game forte? <laughs> no, that's Fortnite. Oh yeah, same thing. Pretty much. Oh, uh, he's got like ten hate mails right now. <laughs> don't don't from, ever talk about Fortnite like that. Um, all from twelve year olds. David says the Matrix trailer is so bad. I honestly am not interested. It looks like Neo has entered the John Wick world. What 100, do you guys think? A hundred percent agree. Do you I, get, I watched uh, it and I was yeah, not impressed. I was gonna wait for movie news, but let's bring it up now since somebody emailed about it. Yeah. Nobody's impressed. I I don't understand why. I guess he just walked off stage from John from the set of John Wick and did the Matrix. That's my only conclusion. Yeah, huh. it was it 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 had it had a Matrix layer over it, but it did not seem like it was anything the Matrix would do. So it's 
We'll see. Did it almost not to me when I watched it? It felt like a Saturday Night Live skit. Yeah, it felt it felt super weird. Neil Patrick Just, Harris. I, I brought this up in a um in a in an interview a few months ago. Neil Patrick Harris said it did not feel like he was on the set of a big multi billion dollar film. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I mean, has Neil Patrick Harris ever been in there? <laughs> God damn. <laughs> okay. That's pretty good. <laughs> To me, it just felt like I feel like he should have just, changed up his look, and I'm Warner Brothers probably didn't want him to do it because of the John Wick movies. Yeah, right. But he, sh- I feel like he sh- he needed to be back to the clean shaven Neo. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, and to me, it just felt like the trailer. It just it just seems like we've seen this. It, it, it was like nothing new that they're bringing to the table. I, but maybe that maybe that was what they wanted though. Maybe they didn't want to give too much away. I don't know. That's true. I yeah, hope that's it because that would be better for the movie overall. But at the same time, the pro- promotion isn't going to be that great. So yeah, I, I we got. I mean, we got I, a few months. I was ago, really looking so. forward to that trailer coming out, and I was like, we got like I like a sad text. Like it didn't impress me. Yeah. It, but it's crazy to believe that it's already a in the middle of September. Yeah, yeah, and we're just a few months away from it. To me, I still feel like we're in July. Yeah, it, yeah. this year's gone by really fast. Um, they all Gre- do. Greg says Psycho is. An all-time classic for me. I can't wait to hear you guys review it. My rating is 10 stars. Um, Hillary says, congratulations on the three-year mark. I wish I could be dedicated to something for three years. What do you guys want to accomplish in the next year? Um, well, it's not just three. I've been around Johnny and Ed for oh God. years. Years. So I've known, Talk about and, dedication. <laughs> me and Zach have known each other for, what, six, seven years now? Yeah. Since Easily, 2013. So. Actually, yeah. but I think she's saying that we've been like, dedicated yeah, 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 to, to the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Like, what would you guys want to like if you had could do one thing in the next year? COVID has do? really pushed some of the extra stuff back that I wanted to do with all my sponsors. Yeah. As far as like doing something in house, so in the year 2022, I would like for us to have a live show at whether it be San Marcos or OKC Soda. Rodeo Cinema. Uh, Rodeo Cinema. I want us to just get back out and do something like that. That is my goal for the next year. One of the things we've talked about for a while, at least, I don't know if you talked about it to Zach and uh, uh, Craig for that matter. but You're uh, not important, bro. Wow. <laughs> no. <laughs> not like that. Uh, going to a podcast convention. Yeah. That would be kind uh, of a yeah. cool thing. That would be pretty cool. I would like yeah. to go to a podcast convention, too. I, I'm pretty sure Mallory would tag along and stay in the, the murder section yeah <laughs> because they have one in san antonio and austin every single year i don't know if it was there the past two years because of covid but that's another thing that we should all That'd do be fun go to podcast convention um phoebe says friday the 13th part six was just a little bit better than five not everything that i hoped i hope they get better with part seven or eight i haven't seen them yet <laughs> uh don't hold your breath i would say but uh she says love your shows thanks for double the content yeah, I think we might have peaked with part six. Probably, but I mean... Does it get progressively worse as we go? It does. It does. We'll see. What's we'll nine? See. What, what title is nine? Nine is Jason Goes to Hell the Final Friday. Oh, yeah, that's bad. And then Jason X is after that. Jason X is after that. Jason Takes Manhattan is eight. So, yeah. Um, Valerie says, my top five movies that you should review... So starting off with number five is going to be Videodrone, Hateful Eight, Armageddon, The Imaginarium of Dr. Parnarsis, 
honorable mention is A Monster Calls, and then the number one film is Almost Famous. Mm. That's a pretty, pretty interesting list. Yeah. Um, Steven says, my top five sidekicks are Slink, hey. Jonathan to Rick in The Mummy. Oh, okay. Fair. Jane from Thor. Robin, and then his number one sidekick is Hit Girl from Kick-Ass. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I thought about her as well. Did you? Putting you her on the line. Thought about a twelve-year-old girl? No. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. What the fuck? <laughs> Let's leave that out. Yeah. Anyway, um, Barry says Shang Chi shocked me. I didn't believe that it'd be that good. Went back and listened to the episode. I must say, you guys were very impressive and very entertaining. You guys hit it on all cylinders. Shang Chi gets a nine for me. Cannot wait to rewatch Psycho. Nice, thank you. Yeah. A lot. I have not yet seen like any negative reviews about Shang Chi. No, it it's, been, it's all been positive. It's been very, very positive. Um, Nathaniel says, "Has anyone been disappointed with the What If series? I feel like at this point, Marvel could put out a bad product, and the fanboys would still say it was great." So far, I, I'm very disappointed in the series. Same. I, I, I've only seen the first three episodes. I didn't. I don't like the drawing of it, and I think it's just. Wasn't the new episode like about zombies or something? Yeah. It was given a five by like IGN or something, saying it was just too clustered. There wasn't really a story plot to it. It was just like throw everything out there that you can. The last, no, the last one I watched was the one with Thanos with the uh, episode two. Star Lord. Yeah. That's T'Challa. Yeah. Did you like that one? I did not. <clears throat> the only one that I actually enjoyed was the first one. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, has anybody has anybody else seen it or just me and Craig? Cool. No, I haven't I had a chance to see it now. Um, well, thanks, guys. Thanks for keeping <laughs> up. I thought it was, I thought, it, yeah, the last one I thought was okay. How? What about, you said you didn't like the zombie one at all? I didn't watch the zombie one. Uh, I just heard it was over-clustered. And... Um, last email, and then we'll, we'll take a break from emails and then get on with the rest of the show. Samuel says, Halloween now being on Peacock is stupid. Now the sequel will lose even more money. What else do you guys think will get pushed or some kind of theater skip? Yeah, that was announced today that the uh, same day theater release and P- on streaming on Peacock, Halloween Kills will be. That's how they're going to do it. Which so who's, I figured. Who's, all, who's skipping it? Are you guys skipping it and watching it on Peacock? Yeah, I'm watching it on Peacock. Probably. Probably, yeah. Uh, see, that fucking sucks. That movie was. You're on, wearing a Halloween shirt, so yeah, you're going to the theater. I'm going to the theater to see it. I, I mean, I, I, I just think that, uh, you know. I don't get their their logic behind it. I mean, if they want to just put the movie out and lose the money and well, it's not really the free Peacock. I think it's like the premium. You have to pay like four ninety nine. Yeah, you have so. to pay. You have to pay for for it. You're not gonna get Which, on the free one. I mean, compared to ticket price, so you're saving like six bucks or whatever. You're gonna so so on the very same day they're not only releasing on Peacock movie theaters, but you can also get it on streaming services like Vudu. You can rent it for twenty bucks. Yeah. So this is kind of like how things were back in 2020 with the Invisible Man, yep. stuff like that. The hunt, um, yeah, the, yeah, the hunt. Um, Which I think I called if if Halloween if they weren't going to push it back, I thought maybe they would put it on Peacock because it's owned and, by Universal, right? Yeah, and I think it's going to be streaming for a month, 60 days. Speaking speaking of that, um, let's get into some movie news now. We'll we'll return to emails a little bit later on. So not only do you get the Matrix trailer, which we covered in emails. You get the Halloween kills. What do you guys think about Venom now being pushed up to October the 1st? I think it's a good idea, good strategy on their part. They see that people are willing to go to the movies right now, so might as well get it in while you can. 
the movie's yeah. only an hour and 30 minutes. Oh, wow. They, they, they announced the runtime today. Do you think it will hurt it being released on the same day as The Addams Family 2? Because you know kids' movies... Hell no. Hold on now. Kids' movies make a lot of money. So is it a... The sp- Addams Family 2. Yeah, the first, one, the first one banked a lot of money, dude. Look, mom. Is that a universal dad, movie? It is. That might be put on Peacock before we before the end of the before the end of the month. Mom so. or dad will let the kid go to their movie, and they'll go to their movie. That's Simple how kids that. get snatched up and end up on E True Hollywood Story. <laughs> I mean, you want to go see that, not Venom? That's no, I'm just kidding. That's fucked up. Is uh, anyone? Let me ask this: <laughs> Is anyone really excited for Venom Two? Now, hold on. Now that Venom Two is only an hour and a half, and not you know two hours four and hours. ten minutes. Two hours and four ten hours? minutes. I think I. I'm honestly probably gonna. I'll go check it out. I've been excited for it. I like the first one, and then Tom, uh, er, Woody Harrelson, man. Well, Tom Hardy and Woody Harrelson coming in, you know. Uh, plus Carnage, it's gonna be insane to see what they do with him. I so. I thoroughly enjoyed the first Venom, so. I I wonder if it ties into anything. If it ties into something at the end, and maybe leads into something else, that'll be fun. Like the new Spider-Man. Maybe. Um, There's potential, but we'll see. So yeah, Marvel also today announced that they are having four more Marvel movies in 2024, um, and that starts off with, so just looking at the next coming Marvel slate of films, you have Eternals in November, uh, Spider-Man in December, but that's technically not an MCU movie, so they don't include that. March, you have Doctor Strange, May 6th of 2022, you got Thor, Love and Thunder, July of next year, Black Panther. November of next year, the Marvels, and then February 23. Which I is really looking forward to, by the way. You got Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, May 2023, Guardians 3, July 2023 is untitled, and then the rest of them are untitled. Is that the, the first untitled? That's probably going to be Fantastic Four. That's July 2023. Yeah. Have they even started pre-production for that? Probably. Probably not. Well, they've, they've listed it as a film that's coming out. And then you have October 2023 is untitled, November 2023, and then the ones that were announced today is um, February 24, May 24, July 24, and November of 24. Jesus. So they have they're shooting out as many movies. 23. I'm in for the long haul, baby. 23 is like back to back months. October, November. In 2023, you get May or no, you get February, May. July, October, November. Wow. That's got to be like the main villain film. Yeah. They're going to do back-to-back Five movies. So, what do you guys think? Are you guys excited? That's a lot of Marvel. But I know Craig's like ready to... I'm in it for the long haul, baby. Do you guys think with them announcing the movies like that today... And that isn't even... That's not even including all their shows that they're going to do. Those are just, right. Those are just motion picture films. Yeah. Do you guys think with them announcing those four movies that they look at it like in the next two years we're going to be back to full capacity? Yeah. We're um, ready. We're just ready to. I mean, technically, we are back to full capacity. Just people aren't going. Um. I mean, I think they're just kind of going with what they want. Like, if they if we return back to full, cool. If we don't. They have contingencies more than likely. Oh, yeah. So. But they're also probably like, after the release of Shang-Chi, they're like, we're going to release those movies no matter what. Yeah. Pretty much. Hey, guys. This is Zach with the Cinema Movie Podcast, here to talk to you about our good friends at Rodeo Cinema. 
Uh, Rodeo Cinema is a non-profit art house film uh, theater that shows independent films, brand new films, documentaries, and everything in between. They got their Ernest Club. They got Hitchcock, the Alfred Hitchcock Club, uh, the Video Game Club. You can catch some free screenings in the lobby. Um, some of their upcoming releases in, in October include uh, the A24 film Lamb and the new remake of Dune. Uh, go check them out at Rodeo Cinema, 2221 Exchange Avenue, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, 73108. Their phone number is 405-815-3279. And tell them that the Cinnamon Movie Podcast sent you. Alright guys, do you have uh, any recent watches we'll get into right quick? Uh, I'm going to just rapid fire through mine. I honestly... Uh, don't have that many this week. What? So I will go through. Um, I checked out the 35th anniversary 4K copy of Labyrinth. It's only my second watch. And I got to say, that movie is, it's a fun movie, but it's also like really, really creepy. Really, really dark. I love that movie though. Yeah? Oh yeah. Um, and then I checked out Friday the 13th part 6 and 7 for our bonus episode. So make sure you check that out. Um, watch Psycho for today, and then something that probably should have been on my guilty pleasure list a few weeks ago, I bought the Blu-ray copy of The Flintstones from 1994, and I forgot how insanely goofy but fun that movie is. I think the cast, I mean, and this will be a fun conversation too one day, maybe like a top five perfect cast, but as far as the casting calls for the characters, I don't think you could have got a better Fred than John, or John Goodman. No. You couldn't have got a better Barney than um, Rick Moranis. Rick Moranis. Yeah. The only one I would probably agree with is maybe somebody else for Betty. Ooh. Rosie O'Donnell. Rosie O'Donnell. Yeah. Um, but I love Elizabeth Perkins as um, Wilma. Yeah. So good cast. So a really cast. good cast. I would put uh, the Scooby Doo movie in that category. Hundred percent agreed. The first one or Monsters Unleashed. The, the first one. You oh, you talking about just like as far as. A, a perfect cast for those characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, Freddy for Fred? Like, the fuck? Come on. Well, man. yeah, his name matches, bro. Exactly. <laughs> um, but those are my recent watches. If I had to recommend anything, it would be Psycho or, um, honestly, the, the Labyrinth. Go check that out. Physical media it up. Um, it was only, like, $32.99. So go check it out. Um, $32.99. For the 4K ultimate copy that looks like the actual book from the movie. Really nice. That's cool. Um, Zach, what about you? What would you check out? Uh, I got just a couple things as well. I checked out Psycho for today's episode. Um, I checked out Reminiscence on HBO Max, the new Hugh Jackman movie. Overall, it was classic, Zach. It's fine. I think it was it was, it was trying too much to be like Inception and like Chinatown. It's like a mix of those two films. Um, now I really need you to watch your mouth when you talk about Chinatown, okay? Well, I'm saying... <laughs> I'm just teasing. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm saying it was really... By the time you get to the end of the movie, it's trying to be like a big Christopher Nolan twist, and it just didn't work from, just for me. Would you rewatch it? No. No? How, I would oh, give it like a six. What about the length? It's like an, like two... Like a, Where would you put it on the girth meter? It's like barely two hours. Not even that. I think it's like an hour and 51 minutes. Oh, okay. But it like there were parts where it was just slow. Really? So... And it's still on HBO Max, right? Yeah, till the 19th. Yeah. Nice. Okay. I watched the Psycho remake because I hate myself. 
awful. We're going to be talking about that a little bit later. <laughs> I told yeah. you not to watch it. <laughs> yeah. It was free on Peacock, so what was I going to do? There you go. And then another uh, – Free on the regarding, car. <laughs> regarding uh, um, Psycho Today, I watched a, a Hulu documentary called 7852. It's all about the Hitchcock sour scene, which very, very, very entertaining documentary. All that chocolate sauce. <laughs> I, I saw that, and you know, I, well, I didn't include that in my recent watches. But yeah, I watched it as well. And looking at the 4K special features mm-hmm. on last year's release, really? that is – Almost halfway on there. Yeah. There's about an hour and like 35 minute documentary the, on there. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, fun stuff. Ed, what about you? What'd you check out? Uh, not too much this week. Uh, I've been doing a lot. Psycho. Uh, I've actually watched it twice this week for that matter. Good. Uh, yeah. I, I caught it on TV. Most of it at least. Uh, as well as the uh, Friday the 13th movies that we've been doing. And then I did uh, go ahead and... Uh, Basically, catch up on Wu Tang Clan and American Saga. So you know, got got to throw the W Wu-Tang? in the air a little bit. If you like it, the uh, next series, the next season doesn't uh, disappoint at all. So go go check it out. Craig, what about you? Did you uh, check anything fun this, out this week? I did. I, I kind of stumbled across uh, multiple little new things. Uh, so I checked out the uh, show Reservoir Dogs on Hulu. Oh heard, God! I've heard that's really good. Wait, it's oh Reservation Dogs. Reservation Dogs. Yes, yes. Um, it's about the a, a reservation in Oklahoma, and it has just kind of it's kids running around doing, you know, sh- kind of showing their story. It has a little Mike and Funny Bone that were on. Uh, oh, for real? America's Got Talent. Yeah. Posted up at the flea. <clears throat> and uh, so I checked out that. It's a FX show, right? On FX on Hulu, yeah. And uh, I checked out the director's cut of Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring. Oh, nice. And got uh, halfway Aww. through the Twin Towers. Okay. So. Yeah, those are on HBO Max. Yeah, that's where I saw them. And uh, then I watched Spectre for next week's episode and uh, Psycho for this week's episode. It, sh- it should be fun. We are talking Fellowship of the Ring in, in December, so I think that'll be a fun conversation. So. Um, yeah, if you guys want to post up your recent watches and give us some more recommendations, send us an email at cinemen921 at gmail.com. That's cinemen921 at gmail.com. Um, again, you guys can also find us on, uh, you guys can listen to us anywhere. Spotify, Anchor, Podbean, iHeartRadio, Pandora. You can even go to prescribedfilms.com and click podcast. And we are right there at the very bottom left. Hashtag PFPN. Um, and we're also on iTunes through the Prescribed Films Network. So ch- go check us out over there. There's also a bunch of fun other podcasts on there. Um, horror podcasts, movies. Um, so go check them out. Prescribed Films Network. Uh, you can listen to yours truly, the Cinema Movie Podcast, on that network. All right. So like I said, this is going to be a different kind of episode. We're also going to like talk and uh, kind of review some things in the past that we've done. So what I'm getting ready to play for you guys is going to be um, the very, very, and it, it might be a little little rough to listen to, but it's the very, very first ever um, plug or trailer that we put together to you know let everybody know that we were putting out a podcast. Johnny Rue, along with Edward Silvers. Don't miss our all-new podcast, The Cinnamon Movie Podcast, and it's horror season, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. 
our first episode will be the one that started all. Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho. Don't miss it. Tell your friends. We'll be breaking down the movie Fridays at 3 p.m. Just Facebook search us Movie Reels 405. Give us that like button. Subscribe to that YouTube page. And we will break down everything Psycho. So yeah, that was our very first try at any kind of promo going towards this podcast. You know how people... <laughs> I, that's rough as hell, Doug and Raw. Oh no, it's even in the... It's even in, you know, rough trailer number one. So you know how they say on the show that Ed's high most of the time. You sounded high at the end of that advertisement. <laughs> that was literally like three days to record that small little bit of trailer because we had no idea what the hell we were doing, and then it ended up being. Uh, I ended up getting like really really bad sick the third day that I recorded that. So and then be, we both were like just giving it back one and the other and then the other. <laughs> Oh, it doesn't even make that face. We are both sick as shit that back for like two weeks. It was. It, it, it was. Look, it was rough. But look. we never skipped a week, though. We we were recording sounding like a bunch of smokers. Yes, we did. But uh, we we kept those views going. And actually, I think I still have some of those little clips that we actually were coughing our asses off or whatever. So, but yeah, I mean, I I think it was pretty fun. Um, COVID, you know, COVID before COVID. Hey, for real though. For, yeah, pretty much. Um, COVID eighteen. You guys can go check out our YouTube page and, and you know get all kinds of extra bonus content that always pops up. Um, there's even going to be some more uh, unboxings coming up sooner rather than much, much later. Oh, yeah. So um, should be fun. Oh, you didn't know? Zach, you have some things that we did not know about Psycho? Yeah, absolutely. So... Uh, number one, uh, Walt Disney refused to allow uh, Alfred Hitchcock to film at Disneyland early in the 1960s because Hitchcock had made that, quote-unquote, that disgusting movie, Psycho. <laughs> Anthony Perkins and Janet Lee said that they did not mind being stereotyped forever because of their participation in this movie. They said in interviews that they would rather be stereotyped and be remembered forever in this classic than never be remembered at all. Hell yeah. One of the reasons Hitchcock shot the movie in black and white was... <clears throat> He thought it'd be "quote unquote" too gory in color, uh, but the main reason was that he wanted to make the movie inexpensive as possible, under one million dollars, and black and white uh, film stock at that time was the cheapest that to do that. And then, since the death of uh, Alfred Hitchcock's daughter Pat, who passed away just a couple weeks ago, Vera, oh wow, Vera Miles, um, Marion Crane's sister, who plays Marion Crane's sister, Oklahoma native by the way, is now the last surviving member of the entire cast. Damn. So. So he just the chivo. <laughs> Insane. Um, but yeah, every week we uh we go through and Zach always gives us some things that we probably did not know about this movie. My mind's telling me no. But my body, my body's telling me yeah. Okay, see, uh, OKC Soda Company is a Oklahoma born and raised company. They have super unique flavors such as strawberry milkshake and blueberry acai. They only use pure cane sugar and natural flavors and colors. We use reverse osmosis filtered water and we lightly carbonate it for an optimal refreshing taste that doesn't leave a heavy syrup filling like the other guys. If you want to go ahead and check them out, they're at 1332 West Memorial Road in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Basically, they are always open from... Or, uh, 
let's see, Wednesday through Sunday, either 2 through 8, Wednesday through Saturday, or Sunday 3 to 6. And, uh, I mean, honestly, the flavors are unique and honestly kind of incredible. So, yeah, go ahead and go check them out. They're actually really, really good. Who is this irresistible creature who has an insatiable love for the dead? Alright guys, don't forget also, check our friends out over at Friday the 14th Podcast as they just got done recording and releasing the Texas Chainsaw Massacre episode from 2003 starring Jessica Biel. It's a fun remake and probably one of the best horror remakes out there. Go check out and see what their rating is and see what some of their favorite scenes are. Join Nick H. and Mr. Fuentes as they review the Texas Chainsaw Massacre from 03. Check them out also on the social media and wherever you hear podcasts at, at Friday the 14th Podcast, the horror podcast that you need in your life today. So go check them out. Friday, the 14th podcast. So guys, we're going to get ready to get into this week's top five. And I think this is going to be a fun top five. We are going to be talking our top five movies that we want to discuss. So send us some emails. We already got some emails in the bag. Um, as we get ready to get into the top five. So if you guys have not heard this podcast yet, this is our fun and favorite segment that we call our top five. All right, before we get started, does anybody have any honorable mentions they want to get off their chest? Yes. Yes. Oh, shit. I have a few. Uh, Craig, we'll start with you. Go ahead and go through yours. Uh, I got <clears throat> I got two. Uh, Sex Drive and A Walk to Remember. Okay. Uh, Sex Drive is a, is a funny, witty comedy um, based on a guy who's a virgin and tries to go across country to meet a fictional cat lady to, uh, to yeah, try and... Try and get laid, and then uh, a walk to remember is—is is that the Mandy Moore movie? It is. It's, that movie uh, will probably make me cry, dude. It's—it's it's really good. I, I actually really enjoy that film. Um, my honorable mentions, right quick. I'll go through mine. Is going to be uh, the network, Eraserhead, Sindochi, New York, the Hulk from two thousand three, and my official honorable mention is going to be uh, RoboCop. The original RoboCop. I think that would be a fun movie to talk about. Zach, what about you? What are your honorable mentions? Uh, I just got a couple. I got uh, Whiplash from 2014. Uh, the Wizard of Oz, which we were going to discuss, I think, one or two years ago, but it, we decided to do something else. And then this is – I know we're pri- primarily a movie podcast, but I think it would be kind of cool to do something like off-topic and do like conspiracy theories or something to that nature. Everyone kind of bring to get bring conspiracy theories to the table and just kind of have like a open open discussion. Don't oh, nice. Started. That could you know that could be a, a a fun little bonus thing. Yeah, that'd be pretty fun. 
So yeah, let's start off with number five. Um, Ed, since you didn't have any honorable mentions, you want to start off with number five? Yeah, sure, I can do that. Uh, this one I've mentioned a couple times. It's been a long time since I've mentioned it. Uh, thank you for not smoking. Yeah. That movie actually right there. Uh, fucking. I, I Why do you think it would make a good episode? Really good message as well as just the the dialogue is very good in it. I uh, I just yeah. I, I think that one would be wonderful. Plus, I'd like to get y'all's three reactions on it. Uh, I'm sure probably nobody else has seen it in this room. I've never even heard of it. I've heard of it, yeah. Okay. I just haven't seen it. I was about to say, I'm pretty sure. I'm probably the only one. I used to. Was that own... the movie you were talking about? It's been a, it's been a while back that I've no, talked about it. I know you it, mentioned but it, but yeah. are you talking about the movie that like only one of us have ever, ever heard of? No. No, okay. no, no. I figured one of you had heard of that, but the other one is far more like underground-ish. So yeah, I just feel like it'd be a very good conversation as well as kind of a good topic. Uh, yeah, I, I really do. Zach, let's start with you. What, what would be your uh, number five as uh, far as movies that you would think would make a good episode? Uh, number five, I think, well, we are probably going to be talking about this year, next year, but uh, not only is it probably considered like Psycho, one of the greatest movies ever made, um, it's celebrating its 50th anniversary next year, and that is The Godfather. Nice. I think I think that'd be a really fun, open discussion of you know this is considered a classic film, but you know into the, fifty years later, is it still up to that status? That would almost be like almost like a Shawshank episode. Yeah, you know that is a movie that is considered widely by a lot of people one of the best movies of all time. So, um, but you have more. I mean, that would yeah, that, I could talk right You've now. You've been wanting to talk about that yeah. for a long time. That'd be a fun episode. So number five for you is The Godfather. Uh, number five for me is uh, – I have to put this man on my list. But number five for me is going to be Punch Drunk Love from 2002. Um, Paul Thomas Anderson starring Adam Sandler, Philip Seymour Hoffman. It is definitely the weirdest yet probably – I don't even know if you can say weird yet since we've done uh, Uncut Gems. But Sandler just to me steals – Everything, every scene that he's in in this, and then the chemistry of him and Philip Seymour Hoffman in this movie that they have is, is unbelievable. Um, and then the score, the way it just have you bought the Criterion yet? Yeah. Okay. Um, of course, dude. And then just the uh, the, the 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 sear. Uh, it's one of our. It's one of his most like dramatic roles, isn't it? Yeah, but just the uh, the score itself will make you have anxiety. And I, I think the reason I make I think that'll be a fun episode is just for us to sit and see and talk Adam Sandler in a different lime light other than comedy. Because um, some people don't like his seriousness, and then some people do. So I think it would just make a, a really good conversation. And then to talk about the director, um, Paul Thomas Anderson, who... Not a lot of people have seen some of his work, and if this is your first time seeing any of his work, I think it would be a fun movie to uh, to see. Craig, what about you? What would be uh, num- your number five? Uh, my number five is going to be the movie Jumper with Hayden Christensen, Samuel nice. L. Jackson. Um, I think the aspect of the film, um, the ability to teleport to a place that you've seen before, and it's only you know a certain certain type of people can, can do it. Um, I, I just it's a movie that I enjoy watching whenever I see it. Um, I don't watch it a bunch, but you know it's it's a movie that I hop in and and put on every every couple of years. So I'd say Jumper. 
Number four, um, Ed, what, what would be number four for you? Number four, uh, I've had this mentioned to me in person that we should do this, uh, Princess Bride. I think that would be a very, very cool uh, little topic, as well as just kind of one of those old school, well, not old school, but 80s, 90s, you know, kind of uh, legendary-ish movie. Now, is that something that you think would be a fun episode, or yeah. somebody else would think? The Princess is It's Bride? both. Both, for that matter. It was mentioned to me, and I was like, you know what? Yeah. I've seen it probably upwards of seven, eight times. That's the one with the, the big show in it, right? Negative, sir. Andre the Giant. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I was about to say, like, hold the fuck up. <laughs> this guy doesn't know him. But, uh, yeah. My uh, name is Inigo Montoya. Plus some of the... I mean, Antonio Banderas is in it as well. Yeah. No. Is that... No, no I was going to say. Right, Mask of Zorro. No. But, uh, yeah, there's some, there's some pretty cool uh, facts in, in the behind the scenes and all that movie as well. So, but no... Some of the lines from it are iconic, you know, just repeated and all that, you know. So I think that would be a fun movie. I really do. Zach, what would uh, be number four for you? Uh, number four for me would be probably a film that I talked about when we did our our 100th episode, which seems like a billion years ago, our, plus five, our top five plus five favorite films of all time. Uh, it's a film that pretty sure all of us grew up watching, and uh, whether you hate this director or not, you can't deny, like, in his early career, early stages of his career, he was a damn good filmmaker. Uh, number four for me is Signs. Signs? Oh, that's nice. Signs. Hell, so, yeah. That's a good one. Signs would be a, a really cool conversation. We've talked about that multiple times on this uh, yeah. podcast. And I think, Johnny, you had re-watched it for the first time. Of, I watched it for the first ago. time, yeah, a year or two ago, and yeah, it was, it was a pretty fun film. Um, Behind. That's a good number four. My number four is... Kind of, it's going to be a tie. It's it's a movie that we've talked about before, especially with the director coming up with a movie soon. Um, Prisoners. Oh yeah. Um, Hugh Jackman, Jake Gyllenhaal, Viola Davis. But my official number four is going to be. I think we need a profile piece on Denzel Washington. Oh. I think we you know we've talked about that numerous numerous times, and those profile pieces are always just fun to sit there and you know look at a guy's filmography and just talk about what kind of actor he is. So I personally would like to see a Denzel Washington episode where we just talk about Denzel all day. Facts. And he has a new movie coming out later this year. Macbeth? Yeah. Yeah. A24? Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, oh, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> oh, oh, Lord. Um, Craig, what about you? What would be your number four? Uh, my number four is uh, – I'm, I'm really hoping you haven't, we haven't done this before. I think it's one of those movies that might just slip over my head. Uh, but Hitch – we haven't, yeah, with, we haven't done with Will, Yeah, with Will Smith. That'd be cool. And uh, the girl. Eva Mendes. Eva Mendes, yeah. yeah. Um, I think it's it's a witty rom-com um, with a lot of good comedy in it um, and, a, and a, actually a, a good kind of message. You know, you don't ever want to judge anybody immediately off of what you see or hear from other people. So, uh, yeah, I think it would be a good film. Hitch with uh, Kevin James is in it as well. Kevin James, yeah. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be a fun movie. Eduardo, number three. What would be your number three film that you'd want to talk about? All right, I'm probably going to get laughed at for this, but I don't really give a shit. It could have made it on my uh, guilty guilty pleasures list as well. High School Musical. No. Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, none of these... Uh, Cast members have ever been included in that and probably would never be included in that uh, for personal reasons. Harry Twatter and the next Sorcerer's Stone. No. <laughs> uh, so back in uh, 2000, 2001, there was Harry a Twatter movie. and the Harry Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
There's a little... We got six more films. Keep going. Fuck you, hey. There's a little movie called The Wash. Probably none of y'all have heard of that shit. The Car Wash? I mean, yes, it's about a car wash, but The Wash. It's kind of like a... It, it's like a take on Friday, but it definitely... I've heard about this. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so we've never heard about this yet, other than Craig. Why would it make a good episode? Because it's just like Soul Plane and... Friday a little bit. Ish. But yeah, it... it Roll bounce. <laughs> Hell yeah. You know. But uh, the cast are old school West Coast legends. Uh, just kind of a... I don't know, man. It's, it's a strange, I, funny I, I film. I think I've but seen yeah. it too. It's yeah. been a long time. Uh, it's very funny as well as just very uh, down home and all that. So I think it'd be a fun watch personally. I, I'd like to see y'all's takes. It probably wouldn't be that high, but doesn't yeah. have Ice Cube in it. Uh, no. Okay. Ice Cube is one of the West Coast legends that are not in it. Oh, it's got a four stars, oh, and, yeah. it's, and it scores Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg. Yeah. And it's direct. Oh, I love this director. It's directed by DJ Pooh. <laughs> <laughs> DJ Pooh. <laughs> He's he's oh a DJ from old old school West Coast rap, so yeah. And he directed it. Okay. Tommy Chong yeah. is in it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. There's a few that Chung's are. like, yeah. I'm sold. <laughs> <laughs> and it's on Pluto TV. Oh, oh. Fuck it, hey. yeah. It's not on Samsung TV Plus. Fucking. <laughs> <laughs> Zach, what would be your uh, your number three, sir? Uh, how am I gonna follow that up? I don't know. <laughs> um, the Wash Part Two. <laughs> No, part three, sir. Um, the uh, Return of the Wash. <laughs> Buy one, get one free wash. <laughs> uh, number uh, number three, we're talking about this one, his probably the most famous film of his career, uh, Psycho. Um, I think it'd be really fun to talk about Rear Window, Alfred Hitchcock's. Uh, it's basically, if you've, if you've seen Disturbia with Shia LaBeouf, it's kind of that same concept of Except, except instead of being on house arrest, he's got a broken leg. He's got a broken leg, and he's basically staring out the window all day, and he thinks one of his neighbors is a murderer. Um, very well done. It's probably, if you were going to try to get into Hitchcock, I think that's probably his easiest film to get into. So Instead of, my leg's not broken, but I think my neighbor across the street is a serial killer. Well, all your neighbors could be serial killers. That is a fact. Oh, <laughs> Number three is Rear Window. Um, my number three, yeah, Rear Window. I just, I just got that. Uh, we just got, we got the still book. That, that still book. Yeah. That girthy, nice, hard, flashy still book. Um, my number three is gonna be a movie that I grew up on. Literally, I can remember this like it was just yesterday, seeing it for the first time. Nineteen um, nineties Edward Scissorhands. Tim, Tim Burton, John, uh, Johnny Depp, Renona Ryder. This movie to me feels like it deserves not only like an episode, but it just feels like it deserves a nice sit down conversation as far as like what is Edward Scissorhands to most people. I think there's more than just you know the there's story. more than just a film. Yeah, it's it's more than just uh, the film. It's it's more like a almost I would say like a Beauty and the Beast kind of feeling with Tim Burton at the helm. I think Tim Burton directing a Beauty and the Beast film would be phenomenal. But uh yeah, it's the first time I was introduced to Johnny Depp, Tim Burton, that music, the settings, um Michael uh what's his name? Uh 
Michael Hall from uh, Breakfast Club is in it. He plays the antagonist. So I think it's a fun movie, and I think it'd just be a fun rewatch and uh, a fun conversation to see what everybody's take on it. Mm. So number three for me is Edward Scissorhands. Craig, what about you? What's your number three? <clears throat> number three for me is a film that you uh, initially showed to me, and we, I think we watched it. Antichrist? No, I've never seen that. Uh, Battle Royale. Oh yes, yes. Uh, so the the basic basic thing of this movie is forty two ninth graders are sent to a deserted island. They're given a map, food, and various weapons. An exclusive collar is fitted around their neck. If they break the rule, the collar explodes. Their mission is to kill each other and be the last one standing. It is a Japanese film directed by Kenji Fukasaku. Um, when was when was this made? Two thousand. Yeah, so before the Hunger Games is basically a knockoff of that. 100%. Yeah, the the author of the Hunger Games stole the the idea from this movie. I was about to say, like, is that's why I asked. And that's the reason I made you sit down and watch it because the Hunger Games had just came out. I was like, dude, you have to watch this. But uh, this film is not PG 13. Anywhere near Hunger Games quality of, like. Well, you know. It's rated R. It's bloody. It's gruesome. There's rape scenes. It's. A, it's a, I do not remember those. Maybe it was the uncut version. I have. I think I have the uncut version. But yeah, it's it's rated R and uh, it is pretty bloody, and uh, it's it's a classic Japanese war film. Yeah, it, it's it's up there. For, I, I, think, I, I guarantee you a lot of people haven't heard of it, and I, it's up there as far as like that genre. Yeah, I think it's better than. Hunger Games, and I, I even I think I I even might have brought it up a few times on this on this podcast, but yeah, that would be a very good, excellent episode. And with um, should have been higher, but I have yeah, two others. No, no, that that's really that's like. good. And you know what? With uh, we had a movie drop out in November, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. Top Gun Maverick got Top pushed. Gun Maverick put, got pushed back. So you know bum, what? Bum, bum, it bum. might be Battle Royale time. What a lovely Thanksgiving movie. <laughs> For real, death. Turkey. This my turkey. Edward, what is your number two uh, film that you think would make a fun episode? Number two, uh, 1997's Austin Powers, The International Man of Mystery. Do I make you Randy, baby? Oh, be I. You know, I. Honestly, it's just one of those comedy greats. I. I, I can't. Uh, when I was a kid, I couldn't get enough of it. Uh, I still love it to this day. Uh, It'd be a fun rewatch. I haven't seen those movies in probably over ten years. And that's what I'm saying. Like, it, I think it would just be a fun, fun little episode. You know, I think viewers would get into it a little bit as well. So yeah, I I, I would love to have that on. We're almost done with 007. What a, what an awesome way to follow that up. Plus, what's funny <laughs> is it's a 60s spy film parody. So, yeah. I mean, that's I mean, it's, fucking it's making, cool. It's a parody of James Bond. That's what yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Them so. damn Brits. <laughs> be a nice, nice, nice... Uh, good answer, Ed. Good answer for number two. Zach, what would be your number two film that you'd want to talk about? Uh, number two is another one we had scheduled, but we got pushed, thanks to Johnny, I think. Pushed. <laughs> something came out in the theater or something to that nature. Uh, number two, and we still have yet to talk about it, is Public Enemies. Oh, yeah. With Johnny Depp? Johnny Depp, Another yeah. Johnny Depp movie. Look at that. Uh, really fun movie. I think it's a really cool throwback to the uh, 30s and 40s, 30s uh, gangster flick. Um, probably one of my, my opinion, one of his, one of his, one of his best performances he's ever done. Uh, number two is Public Enemies. 
public enemy. Yeah, that would be still a, a sit-down fun conversation. Um, number two for me is going to be Taxi Driver, directed by Martin Scorsese, Robert De Niro, JD, Jodie Foster's first film. That's the infamous, you talking to me? You talking to me? You must be talking to me. I'm the only one here. Yeah. Um, that's a very standoffish film that doesn't – when people talk about Martin Scorsese, for some reason, our generation, they f- seem to forget that movie. And I think that would be not only a fun conversation to dig into about just the movie, but about how the character of Robert De Niro is in that movie, how he morphs from an overnight taxi driver to an insane, off-the-wall – I'm going to shoot somebody in the face. Yeah. Um, and you see him – you see that character morph over the, the film. So I think that would be a fun conversation to see what everybody's take would be. It's an interesting transformation. Yeah. Um, so number two for me is Taxi Driver. Craig, what about you? What do you have at number two? Uh, number two for me is going to be the Pitch Perfect series. Uh, preferably one, but uh, I talk about this film a lot. It's one of my all-time favorites. Uh, I just think the uh, the character chemistry, the amount of witty comedy in it would make for, for a good, good talk. So, yeah. I uh, pitch perfect number two. And now that they're on, uh, are, are are those Peacock as well, or are those are certain Universal movies? They gotta be Peacock? on something. They gotta be on. They should be on Peacock. Um, I don't think we've even done a musical yet. That's kind of considered a musical too, and I don't think we've we haven't covered um, a musical yet. That'd be pretty fun. Fat Amy, um, which is not fat anymore. She's not. It'd be a fun conversation. Let us know. Send us some emails about Pitch Perfect. All right, Ed, what is your number one movie that you just would love to talk about? Uh, I think it should be obvious to people who have known the podcast for a while, and I've talked about this multiple times. Clerks? Well, that, that's definitely another one. Oh. Uh, but no, uh, Donnie Darko, for that matter. Uh, hmm. Pretty much one of my favorite movies of all time, and just uh, I think it's a wonderful story, a beautiful tragedy like I've, I've kind of mentioned several times. But yeah, overall, I would just love, love, love to actually uh, talk about it and get to get to uh, know y'all's takes and all that on it. Let's talk about it, Ed. I'm good. <laughs> that would be a fun... Have you seen it? Yeah. That would be a, a fun conversation. I haven't seen it in over a few years, so that would be a pretty fun conversation. Zach, what about you? What is your number one film that you just would love to talk about? Uh, we talked about actually doing this film this summer, but it just... I think the plans fell apart or... Is it I Love You, that. Beth Cooper? No. <laughs> what um, the fuck? I think we should do... Not all, I don't know if we should do a review or just do like a straight-up like commentary as we watch the movie in real time. I think we should do... My number one would be Super Bad. Nice. That'd be, that'd be a fun commentary or discussion about that. Nice. We, it would be just two hours of us laughing our asses off the entire time. But, yeah, I mean, that's a film that whether we were middle school going to high school or somewhere in that nature that's one that really defines our generation yeah step, absolutely. step brothers oh <laughs> that's a good one too I, like just thinking fuck about you Dale I'm fuck you something like that yeah that's that'd be a good one too that whole movie would be Ed just quoting the movie the entire I know. time <laughs> it would be did you put your nuts on my drum set <laughs> <laughs> no did you touch my drum set my drum set anyway my number one uh so what? Damn, we got Donnie Darko. We got a uh, Super Bad. Mm-hmm. My number one is gonna be um, 
Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Oh, shit. Considered one of the greatest Batman movies of all time, even more better than The Dark Knight. Um, and it's an animated movie. Mark Hamill's the Joker. And it's just a unique, different story of Batman. So um, I've always wanted to talk about it. And that's one of the few movies that we have not yet talked about. So I think I think that would be a fun conversation. It's only like an hour and 15 minutes animated movie. Um, I think still to this date on Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb, it's one of the highest rated DC movies. So with uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League just now coming out on Blu-ray, I think it would be a fun conversation you know, later on down the line to talk about Batman, Mask of the Phantasm. And then it was going to be The Godfather, but Zack had it on his, and I'm like, you know what? I think I can pick another movie that would be number one, but Godfather would be up there as well, too. That's a, that's a fun conversation. I think we will have to say that for its 50th anniversary. Craig, the floor is yours, sir. What is your number one movie that you'd want to talk about? Uh, my number one film that I feel like we haven't mentioned, uh, even though Donnie Darko, Superbad, that Batman movie, um, Mask, of the Mask of the Phantasm. I know what it is. I'm just calling it the Batman. <laughs> uh, they're, they're all good. Um, you know, and a lot of those probably could have made my list if I would have just thought a little bit more. But uh, when, as, when, when I was going through some of my uh, movies, I, I saw this one and it immediately just popped out. Uh, Minority Report oh, with Tom Cruise. Yeah, yeah. Um, the concept of <laughs> The concept of the movie and how you can prevent prevent the crime before it even happens because you have three superhumans that kind of show the crime before you know it's premeditated. Uh, I think the whole concept of that movie, the um, I would like to see where the CGI is at now into in today's day and age compared to when it came out in like what oh four. So yeah, um, yeah. Minority Report's my number one. I am surprised. I mean, I, I know you've liked that movie for a long time, but yeah, Minority Report is one of those Tom Cruise movies that I think gets overshadowed by a lot of his other stuff, and it's just, yeah, that, that would be a fun conversation. So, Minority Report, number one. Send us your emails and let us know what your number one or your top five films that you would want us to hear talk about, debate, and uh, discuss. Hey guys, it's Craig with the Cinnamon Movie Podcast. Digital media just not getting it done for you? Stop by CDR Electronics as it serves the OKC Metro with the best value for your electronics and the biggest selection of games, movies, and they also are selling TVs and uh, computers now. So stop by, check out their huge selection. Uh, they also have phones, uh, headsets, game consoles, the whole nine. Stop by and check them out and... Uh, yeah, get your fix of physical media. All right, guys, let uh let us talk and get ready to review Psycho. Um. First off, guys, I want to ask, and uh, let's talk about this podcast for just a little bit longer. Three years, Ed, I'm putting you on the spot. What does this podcast mean to you? Camaraderie. Uh, we talked about fun. it a little bit last week. We're going to conclude it today. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, camaraderie, uh, fun, a uh, hobby uh, slash passion for that matter. Uh, 
it's just it's always nice to go ahead and get some other kind of uh, <clears throat> subject material, content, whatever have you, uh, and kind of help put together a show, as well as just you know, hear listeners and all that. The uh, the I would say listener base and the audience is incredible to me just because I didn't think a, we'd get this big. I was hoping we would, but I was like, doesn't always happen. And I'm not this saying girthy. right. You know? So yeah. <laughs> and organically too. That's the, that's the slightly more impressive thing in my honest opinion. I mean, there's been some paid partnerships, but let's see. You well, know. you know, but uh, overall, like it's been a lot of word of mouth and then just, you know, different things like that. So, gotta say that's the reason i love this is just getting together with all three of you bastards and yeah well fuck you too <laughs> craig what, what about you man what is what is something that this podcast has done for you like you know have you looked at movies differently the past few years after uh hanging out and talking to us about movies yeah i'd say the biggest thing is i can't just enjoy a film anymore oh damn <laughs> i have to sit there and be like well there's a you know, there's a continuity error there. There's, the, you know, the lighting looks a little weird here. The You can't just enjoy film. Yeah, I'm, analyze I'm analyzing it. I'm trying to figure out, you know, why, if, if I'm not liking the film, why am I not liking it so far? That's a different take. So it's like, it's. I mean, it's just like sports now. After I've, I've played it, I've coached it, now it's like I'm watching it to break it down and see, you know, well, that play worked, but why did it work? You know, and I'm analyzing oh, yeah. it before they even show it on the replay. Like, oh, this play worked because this happened. You know, it's just when you when you start to get to that point of watching it and breaking it down, uh, you just watch it in a completely different way. You still enjoy it, but now you're you're figuring out why you enjoy it or why you dislike it instead of just saying, oh, you know, this it doesn't look good this way or it doesn't look that way. Like you're figuring out why to the to the minor details why you're not liking it or why you do enjoy it so zach what about you man this is uh you know year number three anniversary show what does podcasting or movies mean to you three years later you know i i've always considered my uh myself like a movie fan or a movie buff like i'm at work everyone comes to me and says hey would you go see the theater? You know, was something good to watch on Netflix or whatever? Or maybe if somebody like even says, hey, you know, somebody told me about this movie. What are your thoughts if you've heard it? Exactly. And, you know, before even starting the show, really just calling Johnny and saying, hey, you know, I saw your – I know it from the theater. And uh, they said, hey, you know, he does a show. Why don't you try and reach out to him? Let's let's talk about our story first for a minute because a lot of listeners out there may not have known our story. Yeah. Um, the phone number has always been on the Facebook page and the yep. Instagram and the Twitter. So, you know, Zach called one day and I get he this, was like, I get this Who? message. Well, yeah, because at first you were like, "Is Edward there?" And then, <laughs> I didn't know if you, I didn't know if you guys were doing a show at the time or like what was going on. This operation is not that big, guy. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, no, he's he's not here. But it, that started like I think it was what an hour long conversation. Yeah. And um and I've had multiple people like call that number and we'll sit and talk movies. I've talked to somebody for one time, I think for like an hour and 25 minutes. Yeah. And I couldn't even pronounce his name. He had to tell me his name like two or three times. And we had an hour and a half conversation and you know, he emails sometimes, but other than that, I've never heard from him again, but it's just those people out there that pick up that phone, call that number. 
And, you know, Charlie's going to be bombarded. He's like, stop calling me. I, I see it says potential spam, but now I'm just at that point where, like, if I'm not at work, I answer it just to see what the what the phone call and the conversation will be like. And yeah. that's how it started. I mean, you know, it was just a simple 30-minute hour conversation. And then the next thing I know, I think the first episode I did was Fences. It was I think a, so. I did, Over the phone, yeah, yeah. I was a call-in sec- segment for a little bit. It was like, I think that, and I think I really started – coming on the show when we started doing it leading up to in-game in-game yeah yeah and so and then um, you uh bad times at the air royale yeah that was a fun episode did we do bohemian rhapsody yes mm-hmm. um and you know i've always I always thought about starting my own podcast about movies because i just watch so many of them but now that actually i'm i'm actually doing it we've been doing it for three years and we have four different opinions and uh, thoughts on film it makes it a whole lot more enjoyable yeah and that's that's you know we i even read an email out earlier about that's what a lot of people enjoy is you know it, there could be one movie that they go and watch and then listen to the podcast about but it's like four different views from four different people yeah four different acts of life and completely four different personalities yeah and the one the one that really sticks out to me the most like looking back on the all the episodes uh Craig, you weren't on that episode, but when we did uh, Watchmen. That's why it's your favorite. <laughs> wow. Or even, wow. Or even uh, The Lion King. Yeah. Where Ooh. everybody had different say-sos and different conversations like about like a 2v2 one. tag team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> WrestleMania match. It, yeah, it was a fatal four-way with The Lion King in the middle, and we just completely limp biscuited out. We whacked it out of the park, you know. In our most We're like... We're going to knock it out of the park. <laughs> And our most like requested episode, just back in back in time, was Into the Spider Verse. Yeah, yeah, that was a fun conversation. Um, Love that movie. But you know, I think you know with with this one, it was so hard. And we'll talk about the three year anniversary right now while we're doing this. It was so hard after year two, doing the the top five plus five, um, episode one hundred. It was so hard to wrap my brain about what could be next. How can I top last year? And I don't know if this necessarily tops last year, but I'm like, it would be fun to have everybody included in a revisioned review of Psycho. Take the very first episode, rewatch it again, and just put that movie in this perspective of how the format is today with two other people. It's like like the Cinnamon Resurrection. There you go. Oh, shit. (laughs) So after the resurrection then comes... I don't know. I was doing the Matrix. Oh, okay. There you go. Reborn. <laughs> rebirth. Revelations. There you go. Because after Going all these back. years, we came back. Yeah. We did it. Um, but no, I, we've had emails before about, hey, you guys should do Psycho, or you guys should do um, the do a uh, revisit of the Killer Clowns from Outer Space with that one. The 1998 Psycho. Do a compare and contrast. Or a com- I'm not I'm doing a compare and contrast. Uh, yeah, I, I watched yeah. a little bit of it and I was like, ah, I'm good. And then, uh, or even, you know, taking a reboot and talking about a remake uh, compared to the original. But this is this is it, man. This is going to be a, a fun episode, and it has been a fun episode. And now let's try to just dig in and talk about Psycho. Alright guys, today we are digging into Psycho. It is episode 58, the three-year anniversary show. 
as we talk Psycho. Currently, it sits at an 8.5 on IMDb, 96 on Rotten Tomatoes, and a 4.5 on the Metascore. With a budget of $806,000, it has grossed so far a little over $50 million for the box office with a September 8, 1960 release. Um, let's dig into it. Uh, it is directed by the great Alfred Hitchcock, um, starring Anthony Perkins, Janet Leigh. You also have Vera Miles, John Gavin, um, and it's based off of the novel by Robert Bloch. Let's go round table and discuss first time view versus this last um, for the episode. Zach, we'll start with you. Do you remember the first time you seen this? Um, yeah, so the first time I think I saw this like in its entirety was in college. It was one of those films that you know, I mean, everyone has heard about Psycho. You know, whether it be the infamous shower sequence or the twist at the end of the film, or the Vince Vaughn remake. Uh, yeah, which we'll talk about later. Um, you know, honestly, it was at a point in time where like I, I was slowly getting into classical films, and to be honest, the first time watch, I was just kind of some not I didn't hate it. I just felt bored with it. Like it just wasn't like ever. It wasn't all the hype it was deserving. But you know, it, you what know, made you, the, so since you didn't like it at first, what made you want to rewatch it again? Just give it another chance. It's one of those films that you know maybe it was some. I just wasn't in the mood of watching it. Or I was like forcing myself to watch it you know it's one of those things where like you know it's one of those films that you all, always hear about and you kind of have to watch at least once and in that time i was just like all right let me watch it and then didn't get into it but you know i this is probably my third or fourth time watching it in its entirety but um you know after can re rewatching the film multiple times i've learned to say like yeah, this is an instant classic, and I appreciate the film every time I watch it. Ed, what about you, sir? What is uh? Do you remember the first time you seen this? Uh, yeah, that'd be three years ago. Really? Yeah. That yeah. was the very first time you saw Psycho. In its entirety, yes, I'd seen some clips of it and all that. Of course, the famous shower scene, and then uh, you know, little coming up on the uh, Bates Motel scenes and all that. But so, what was it like revisiting it for the episode three years later? A little nostalgic. For to be fully honest, uh, as well as just wanting to go ahead and see, you know, what uh, what are my thoughts uh, of it now compared to then, for that matter. Uh, so yeah, I can't wait to kind of divulge that later. Craig, sir, was this a is this a first time watch or how was it the first time compared to now? Yeah, it was a first full watch for me. Um, I, I remember. The day you were starting to watch it, you had the notepad, you were going to start to sit down and watch it, and I was just like, I, I would not want to do Psycho. And I mean, but here we are. Like I said, I have a different view on how movies are, are viewed. So um, sitting down and actually watching it, I enjoyed it for the most part. So, uh, I... My first time watch, I can't really remember. I know it was like on DVD. Way I want to say when I first started working at FYE, I think my old buddy who uh, was the manager, uh, you know, he was like, if you enjoy Halloween or if you enjoy Texas Chainsaw Massacre or if you just enjoy horror in general, you have to watch Psycho. 
So I watched it for the first time, and not knowing what the score was, I mean, everybody knew what that song was, and everybody had seen clips of The Shower, but watching it in its entirety for the very first time was a little bit underwhelming, if that's a fun word to use. I don't know you know, if everybody has said so far, their, you know, first time watch, but Psych, it was kind of been a little rough. It was a little underwhelming for me, and um, I just remember the black and white. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, not not knowing that it didn't, at least at the time, live up to the hype for me. Um, Ed, do you remember why? I honestly cannot remember why Psycho was the original chosen movie that we did. Because I got to tell you, to be honest with you, I was not in love with Psycho three years ago. And, I mean, you had never watched it. And I think, I mean, I, I think it was just... Was it a reputation thing? Like, it was just this big, it's always, it's considered like a classic. And- it, it was always considered a classic. And, you know, I was like, I think it's cliche if we open it up with Halloween or Scream. You know, we'll do those movies. But I think my original idea for Psycho was, you know what, week two we did The Shining. Week three we did Killer Clown from Outer Space. And then week four, Chainsaw Massacre, you go into Scream. So I'm like, what better, I knew those movies were going to be two, three, four, five. But I was like, I did not know what to open it up with. So I think the original idea was to let's review Psycho because Scream, Nightmare, Halloween, they had all taken ideas from Alfred Hitchcock and that's how they, you know, do, even uh, in that even in that documentary it says directors... It's considered like the, the original slasher. Everybody picks apart Psycho and Alfred Hitchcock and some, even some of your greatest directors that don't do horror, like Brian De Palma, mm-hmm. 90% of his movies is inspired by Hitchcock. Yeah. So I was like, if I know I'm doing Halloween, if I know we're reviewing Scream, we have to do Psycho first. Yeah. Because it just kind of makes it sense. It laid the foundation. Yeah. If it laid the foundation for them, can it lay down the foundation for what we're going to try to talk about? And clearly, and three it, years later. Clearly it did. So I think that, you know, I would like to say that was like a fun idea to go through, but it wasn't nearly as fun trying to get everything put in one place. But uh, this movie really does have, three years later, some sentimental value to me as far as like who led me on to it, who talked me into rewatching it, and uh, why it's an actual first episode. Um, we've even had uh, Facebook comments and messages. Um, if you guys can't or don't want to use the Gmail to get a hold of us, Instagram, messaging, uh, Twitter. We've had people uh, message about doing uh, different Alfred Hitchcock movies. Um, so send us your favorite Alfred Hitchcock movie as well. Um, what do you guys think of the uh, the cheating opening? The affair. Janet, Janet Lee, right there. Yeah. yeah. Nice and uncovered like, for everybody to see. Yeah. Which in the at the time in the sixties, you know, that's that was pretty very risque. Yeah. yeah. You know, you know the thing about this movie, it's it's a miracle that this movie even exists today, considering you know there was always the decency act and everything's got to be clear cut and simple. There was no nudity. Kissing was very, it, like it it stretched the line at some point. Even him touching her lower back with no shirt on was like, yeah. what are you doing? Yeah. And it's, it's just interesting watching a film like that. And like to, in today's culture, it's like, Oh, like this is like <laughs> kindergarten stuff compared to what we got now. There's more on TV than there. Yeah. And you know, this 
I mean, that damn, back then. that Bates Motel show with uh, Freddie Highmore has a lot more stuff. But, but if you guys have not seen Psycho, go, go check out Psycho and then uh, come back to this episode. It's from 1960. A Phoenix secretary embezzles $40,000 from her employer's client, goes on the run, and checks into a remote hotel, motel, uh, and then checked in by a young man under the domination of his mother. Yep. So check it out. Um, it's literally available, I think, on HBO Max or Hulu. No. No? How did you check it out, Zach? I have the, the Hitchcock collection, so it's I watched it on the Voodoo. Edward, what about you? I watched it on Voodoo as well as uh, this time I got to even catch it on TV for that matter. So I tried yeah, to find a, a full version on YouTube, but it was like a mix-up between – Oh, for Hitchcock yeah. and the, the well, 98 version. It's on Showtime subscription, so if you have Hulu or Amazon Prime, you can get it through the Showtime subscription, or you can rent it on Vudu, Google Play, YouTube for $3.99, or you can watch it for free on Showtime anytime through the app. So check it out. Um, or I mean, the, it's Halloween season. You know, Halloween's right around the corner. Usually, you can catch catch the uh, the Blu-ray for like. Seven bucks. I think CDR had a copy for ten dollars. So go check out your local uh, physical media stores for a copy of Psycho. Um, but even even before the um, we open up with the wide shot of uh, Phoenix, Arizona, and that I mean the camera work in this movie is just brilliant. You know, you, he pans to the right and it slowly goes into the window into the room where Marion and uh, Sam Loomis is, and even the the title cards with the very harrowing Bernard Herman score. It's just, that's just so like, it's classic. Yeah. What did you think? Or let's, let's talk about Hitchcock for a minute. Cause we haven't, we've only done North by Northwest. Um, I think we might do some more movies later on down the line, but what is it to you, Zach? And I'll, if anybody else wants to chime in, you can, but what is it to you about Alfred Hitchcock as a director that just, you gravitate to his movies? I think for me, it's just, not only just the story that he wants to tell, but just the way he tells it. Either through he, camera camera movements or uh, his characters, the actors he picks, or even the um, the score. The score of a movie. I mean, the sc- there's a lot of scores in his in his filmography that are just like not only classic, but it helps the film go. It helps it. Um, I've heard a lot of people compare move. him or compare Stanley Kubrick to Alfred Hitchcock. Do you think it's fair that some of these directors like those two – because the, the same thing I've heard is that they're both really difficult to work with. Mm-hmm. Do you think somebody can be that good to where they sh- they have the right to be difficult to work with like that? Yeah, I mean, you know, in, I think – I don't think it's really difficulty. I just think it's just Hitchcock knew what he wanted. He knew the story he wanted to tell. He knew how he wanted to tell it. He knew where to put the camera and, you know, how everything should go. And, you know, the thing, the little, little, some backstory about this movie is that he came off North by Northwest, which we actually talked about a couple, couple uh, years ago. And, you know, he was on the top of his game. You know, he, any movie he wanted to do, it's basically almost the equivalent of um, Nolan or Kevin Feige, just whatever you want to do, just go do it. And he was going through an airport one day and he found the book from Robert Block, Psycho, and he said this would be an excellent film, but the studio wouldn't give him any money. They say it was just too risque of a project to do. And so he 
basically financed the movie by himself. There's financed the movie by himself and basically made it the way he wanted it. Um, there's a really the movie Hitchcock with Anthony Hopkins. It tells the story perfectly. Yeah, it's a very that's a very good film if you want like some backstory about about the movie. I feel like the character herself, uh, Marion Crane, which is played by Jamie Lee Curtis's mom. Yep. Um, I think looking back at it, this recent watch that I did, I used to have sympathy for the character. I really did. But after this recent watch, I didn't have any sympathy for the character whatsoever. It's almost like... I have sympathy up to... I, I actually have sympathy up to the point where she gets to the, the Bates Motel. I think she did this to herself. I, I honestly didn't have any kind of sympathy for her at all. I mean, she, she, she seemed like she had a pretty nice life. She brought the cheating amongst herself. She had a pretty decent job. Uh, she pretty much had her boss wrapped around her fingertips. She won't leave any time she, she could leave. Yeah. She stole the $40,000 and just went off and didn't tell anybody that she was going. Nobody knew where she was going. And then, I mean, this is a very simple story. Yeah. And she go, gets to the middle of nowhere, and she even has a cop follow her for a little bit. You know, the cops even like, look, lady, you're suspicious. I'm going to follow you. Yeah. Very, very simple. And then, you know, it's just the way she acted with the cop and the car salesman and spending the, the $800 to buy the car. And I love, like, the internal dialogue within her, in her mind of, like, what is everyone thinking in this moment? Yeah. So that right there tells you that she wasn't forced into doing anything. She thought about it multiple times. I, I used to have sympathy for the character, but now I'm just like, she did it on herself. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things <clears throat> where... You know, if she never did any of those things, would she have ever come across that motel? Yeah, she would still be and, alive. I mean, it's it's not like we're saying that, you know, he's in the right for doing oh, what he no, did. Oh, no, no, no. But it's one of those things She's where, in the wrong for putting herself in that situation. Right. Well, and, you know, there's a lot of moral ambiguity in this film where, you know, by the time we get to the Bates Motel and she's talking to Norman Bates, who seems like an ordinary guy, you know, everything's right in the world. It's almost like in that moment where he's talking about people being trapped by their own situations where she says, no, I have to go back. I have to get the money. But fate decides to bet against her, basically. What did you guys think of Anthony Perkins as brilliant the creepy norman Bates. yeah he was uh, i mean it was the the way he just the facial expressions were were the biggest thing mm -hmm. you know because um you know especially in like silent films where you didn't have any sound or any dialogue you had to have very good facial expression facial expressions and i think this was kind of you know, with him going towards the black and the white, I think he was kind of like, you know, be a little more expressive as, as a person. And I think um, it paid off huge for his character. And we talked about it in the very first episode. Anthony Perkins actually had daddy issues to where, like, I guess he was jealous that his mom and dad spent so much time together. Yeah. And then I guess, like, when his dad finally, like, passed away of a heart attack, he felt guilty because he had wished death upon his dad for hanging out so much with his mom. Like, the actor itself, like, was so fucked up in the head. Do you think Alfred Hitchcock knew about that story, and that's why he really wanted him to be... Because usually, 
Hitchcock gets so many well-known actors to be in his movies. Yeah. This is one of the few movies where nobody's really known other than Vera Miles. Yeah. And Janet Lee up to that point. I mean, Anthony Perkins is mostly a Broadway actor at the, at, during this time. And so I don't really know the exact reason he was cast, but I think it was I think it was kind of you know he wanted like this that boyish girl. this boyish charm you know mm-hmm. this kind of like the nice guy next door and you think everything's all right in the world and right all hell breaks loose. The Robert Blosh book was that name Psycho Two right? Yes, it was. That one, the story behind the book is basically he was Robert Block was the neighbor to Ed Gein. Which, if you know anything about him, he's basically the inspiration behind all these different characters between Norman Bates, Leatherface, and uh, uh, Silence of the Lambs killer. Uh, ha- uh, Hannibal Lecter. No, not Hannibal Lecter. The crossdress. Bill, Bill. Buffalo Bill. Buffalo Bill, yeah. And so he found out about what Ed Gein was doing, and he kind of created this whole story behind this guy that owns a motel, and this uh, Marion Crane comes, and he... Uh, kills women for their skin and everything or cross-dresser and in the book norman bates is not at all what uh hitchcock made him out to be in the movie he's like a middle-aged man fat balding very like a disgusting character not at all what this movie represents him as which i think this movie doesn't do him justice because you just don't expect him at all right so have you ever like since this since he bought most of those books and turn it into a movie. Is that book still published? Like, can you still buy a copy of that book? Yes, you can still buy a copy of the book. Interestingly enough, he, when he bought the rights to the book, he tried to buy all the copies so no one would know the twist at the end, at the end of the story. Hmm. So, but yeah, I mean, I, I didn't have much sympathy for it all, but she lasts what? 20, 45 minutes, 40, about yeah, an hour into it, about, about 47, 48 minutes. At 27 minutes, she finally gets to Bates Motel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did enjoy the transfer for this movie. Um, the 4K transfer looked really good. Um, going Driving up to Bates Motel, as she does in the movie, I forgot that it happened while it was raining. Yeah. And I've noticed one small thing that was like when he's running out from the house into the rain to the motel, he has the umbrella with him, but it, he's... Doesn't have it open. He's not covering himself. Yeah. I was like, that makes no sense. Why is he wanting to get wet? Because he's a psycho. Um, the little documentary that you got that you had me watch. Did you enjoy seeing Elijah Wood talk about the scene where he's like, Elijah Wood was like, I think that's when he like noticed that he wanted to kill her. Did you see that part? Yeah, I think, and I think probably one of the best. Instances of this character is when when they're in the parlor talking about you know does he go out with friends or whatever like you know I wouldn't Marion's kind of talking about you know if my mother speak to me like that I wouldn't put up with it and then there's this like when changes so yeah there's a there's a change in his face when Marion says why don't you institutional institutionalize her sorry or put her in the madhouse he leans forward it's almost like mother coming out like how dare you. Speak to her, speak to me like that, and, it's, and that to me is like such a brilliant characterization of of Norman Bates. Or how about when he goes and gets the food, and he comes back down to her room? She opens the door to him, like, "Come in my room, and we'll eat." 
yeah. he, he's really hesitant to not go in her room. I, I really, I've always wondered why he was so hesitant not to get in the room. I think it's because he knew from that point on, if I go in there, I'm going to kill her. And I don't think he was ready to do that just yet. Mm-hmm. I or, think, I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, you can tell I mean, he was very, like, turned on by her. Mm-hmm. It's a very, like, sexual desire type thing. Yeah. Do you know the, the mother's voice that's in the movie? Did you ever look up or see if that is Anthony Perkins' voice, or did no. they get an older lady to actually do that voice? From what I understand, that was three different people. It was like, um, I don't remember who, but it's like three different voices, and they mixed them together to create that voice. Hmm. Damn. Um, so. And then the scene that you were talking about, about him, uh, you know, everybody goes a little mad sometimes. That line is just... You know, they use it in Scream. They've used it yeah. in so many different horror movies that it's just, uh, he says it good. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, Do you it's like just... that one or the, which I think is the most obvious line of all time, but it's still interesting to hear it is a, a boy's best friend is his mother. I would probably say we all go a little mad sometimes. Yeah. I think, <clears throat> I think the wording would be that one, but I think in the context of which, it was used. I think the the boys, the mother is the boy's best friend. I think just in that situation, knowing what was going on at the time, I think that being used shows that he's just that crazy. Did you did you guys see how weird it was when he was getting ready to put her in another room? But he was like, "Room one is right next to the office, and I want yeah. I want to look at this piece of meat." That's the that scene right there where he's yeah. getting ready to give her another key, but he gives he, her room he's like, one. He's like going through all the keys. He's like. Yeah. Uh, no, let's keep you nice and close. Yeah, that was that. I don't know. I never got or felt how creepy some of these scenes were until today. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even the difference in uh, how he talks about because uh, she's talking to him. You know, a man should have a hobby. A man should this. A man should that. Where he's like, oh, he has a well, hobby. It's a taxidermy. Boy. Yeah, but he's always talking about a boy, a boy, a yeah. boy. You know, so I mean, it's the difference of you know, she's looking at him as a male, as a man, a grown man, because she doesn't know who he is. I think it's the mother coming out that is like, no, he's my boy, he's my boy, my yeah. boy, you know, kind of thing. So I think the difference boy. in dialogue that they use <laughs> are kind of. A huge point. In yeah. That, that matter. Once you know the the twist of everything. Yeah. And you go back and rewatch it, you pick up on those little nuances of of how everything's slightly different. The dialogue is is different. You know, it, it it makes no sense to you when you're watching it the first time, but going back and listening to the dialogue again, knowing what the circumstances are, you're like, that dialogue is so sneaky good that it's like insane yeah um speaking of the the scene where he puts her right next to the office how did you guys feel when you see him take that picture down and he's just like you know what it's that time well it's just so funny because like not only is like the hole there but there's like a where he can rest his neck like on the wall (laughs) oh yeah it's just so like i didn't really catch that till this viewing oh which means he, I mean, he's done that before. Oh, yeah. 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 Which, I mean, you know, he even states that, oh, people don't come through here much anymore. 12 vacancies, 12 cabins, 12 vacancies, you know, all vacancies. So, I mean, obviously, he's kind of not had a possible victim in a long time. 
Yeah. And it's kind of like getting the bloodlust as well as, you know, kind of what talks about the arousal for, you know, her specifically, but the bloodlust he feels as well. And yeah, the it, it's all just a pure high at this point. Yeah. It was just his imagination. Let me ask you guys this, and, you know, we're about to talk about the shower scene, which is probably, our, you know, one of the most infamous kills in film history. But after we get the, after we get the shower sequence, do you think, as a, as a film viewer, do you think that, not so much the quality, but do you think your interest just kind of goes down after that? Not really. After the shower scene? Yeah. After he cleans up everything and all that. It's kind of, to me, I like to see how he gets caught and how they figure it out. Mm-hmm. Personally, you know, I like to see how uh, the sister and you know uh, the uh, Sam Lewis, yeah, the boyfriend, yeah, boyfriend, like to get known to where she went. Basically, I like that. Well, so like I said, this is the first time that I've actually sat and watched it all the way through. I, I've seen that scene, you know, where he kills her in the shower multiple times, whether it's a clip here or there, or or you know, just somebody referring back to it. I had no idea what else was after this, you know. So whenever I was watching it, I was watching it for the first time. I was figuring out what the twist was, what the ending was, what. Uh, it did kind of go down just a little bit the first time I watched it. This second time, so, so what are you guys saying? Are you, do you guys think that this movie goes downhill after the shower scene? And let's talk about the shower scene. You know, um. It's so iconic. She gets in. Uh, do you even think it's Anthony Perkins playing that shadow? It's not. It's in the, see, I don't like that stuff. It's not. It, it's it's just a act. A she. He was doing a Broadway show when they were filming that scene, and it's just an, a uh, a stunt double woman that they brought in and they like blackened her face so they could you couldn't see the reveal or anything, and. It, you know, that's not Anthony Perkins, which is, you know, it kind so, of takes away from the, I don't think so, because at that point you're just not, you're not expecting it. I think they wanted to focus more on her as well as maybe his eyes yeah than anything, because it's more the eyes of him that tell like the, the, the bloodlust he's feeling at the time and kind of like, I got to watch a little bit of that with uh, Johnny the documentary or whatever have you. And I like how they were pointing out that the hands are really, really put on in this, in this scene. Like every other shot is like of her hands moving, doing whose hands, Marion, Marion Crane's hands. Yes. Uh, while she's being stabbed. Um, but yeah, I was about to say, I think it's just mainly her, her hands as well as what's happening to her. It's the focus, but with him, it's more just the eyes and kind of, the psychotic nature that's going on behind them. So, and I mean the sheet, the the scene is like it's seventy eight pieces of film cut up into fifty two different pieces of frame. Yeah. And so, what's interesting is that you know when we get to the actual stab, her being stabbed, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of people that say the knife goes into her body. It really doesn't. I mean, if you pay attention very carefully, it goes towards her her belly. Well, you can but, even. Like, the actress herself who played the body double in the yeah. shower was saying that she was no. fine. So, And she's obviously still, well, was still alive well, after time, it. Yeah. So, yeah. You mean they didn't kill her for real? <laughs> Hitchcock actually had a dummy abdomen that was mm. filled with blood that they were, they were going to, he was going to use. But 
he just decided against it and just do it in a very slick, fashionable way. And so, you know, anytime you don't see Janet Lee's face, it's the body double. But, you know, it just, it's, I think they said that the if he, they had went to the, uh, the studio and said, here's the film, you know, to them, they think, oh, that shot's out of focus. It's not accurate. You need to go back and reshoot re re this. But he was just trying to stay away from the nudity, and he's trying to stay away from the bloody violence. Yeah. Even though there's no blood, it's just Hershey's chocolate. <laughs> so. Which, yeah. You think that, it, that's it, why the movie was shot in black and white, though, right? Yeah. That's, yeah, that's the main reason. Well, I think it was shot in black and white because it was cheap. Cheap. Because yeah. it would deter away from how violent it really was. And they actually chose chocolate after it was shot because the blood didn't show up the way that it was supposed they, to. It was supposed to, yeah. The viscosity as well as not draining correctly that they wanted to. So Zach, so. let's well, let's get your. We'll go ahead and I mean, because that's what this movie is based off of and known for. The uh, shower scene all these years later. Do you think it still lives up? Yeah, I mean, without a doubt. I mean, think about this. You know, we. You guys, what was episode two or three, you guys talked about Scream. What happens in the first 15 minutes of Scream? Yeah. They kill she off. She gets it. Yeah, and she's on the main poster of the film. You think she's going to be the main character, and that reverts back to Psycho. Yeah. That was episode four. Uh, okay, genius. Uh, <laughs> no, I was going to say, one of the, the, the beauty of how simple this movie was, I understand the shots were great, but the beauty of how simple it actually was, like you're watching it and it looks like it could be on a stage right in front of you. Yeah. Um, was something that really um, intrigued me and uh, I thoroughly enjoyed the way it was just shot at how it looked like, it, you know, you, you were basically looking through the TV at a live set going on. Um, you don't get that a lot, a lot nowadays um, with just the simplistic shooting of a film. Yeah. Um, so I really enjoyed that. Well, and you know the the actual sound of the knife going into the body. What you think it is? It's just them. <laughs> the foley sound effect is them stabbing like mel different melons mm -hmm. and steak. I think that's what we actually brought that up in the first uh, episode. And yeah, I mean yeah. Episode 7 was Scream, and we're getting ready to talk about Scream 2 in a few weeks, and then 3. And it's going to be interesting to talk about Scream 2 in a few weeks and see where and see if they take anything from Psycho and put it in the second one as well. I think that would be a, a fun hashtag in, self, in, in itself. Yeah. Um, does, does it feel like it goes downhill to anybody after the shower scene? I don't think so. I don't think so either. I mean, I, mean, I, I don't think it... It goes downhill. I think it slows down because at that point you're like, well, this is the main character they were showing at the beginning. She's dead now. Where do we go from here? It and, that's, it, and that's never been done. They At that point in, in film, they had never like taken your star of the film and killed her off for an hour into it. That had never been done. And stupidly enough, the toilet flushing, that had yeah. never been seen in the movie before, which is really weird. You almost get three different movies in one. You get like a drama, you get a horror movie, and then as soon as you know she's dead, you get almost like a murder mystery thriller kind of kind of film. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
listen, let me let me ask this guy. Let me ask you guys this. You know, people consider this Hitchcock's horror movie, but in retrospect, is it a horror movie or is it a thriller? I think a thriller. Why would you say a thriller? I mean, maybe it's how we've grown up with horror that we've grown up with, for that matter. But, like, this is a creepier movie than it is a horrific movie in my eyes. But the act of this in real life definitely would be probably a bit horrific, uh, decently at least. I I think the fact that it only shows one, technically one murder. uh, I mean, there's the second, the, the guy going in the house. But as far as, like, the people you are attached to, mm-hmm. the girl dies, it's really only one murder, the other one's kind of quick. Not as powerful. I would consider this a thriller and not a horror, just because there's not a large quantity of kills. What do you think, Johnny? I think it's de- I think it depends on how you define horror. Um, if you're expecting like a blood and guts, show everything, human centipede, Texas Chainsaw Massacre kind of movie, then it's not a horror movie. But if you want to look at it as like kind of how Craig explained it, you know, you get, you still get a murder, you still get the horrific acts of what a psycho can do. Yeah. Then I would look at it as like a horror movie in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can look at it as like in Act Three, where it's technically a murder mystery. Suspense movie could he, you could even say it's a drama then at that I, point. I I think if you know leading up to the initial start of the where this movie starts, if we see you know kind of like a a prefixture of the Bates Motel and somebody actually being murdered there, and not you don't see anybody, you don't see Norman Bates, you don't see a shadow, you just see somebody getting stabbed mm-hmm. in the shower as well, and then it kind of goes to that hotel. I think that would kind of be like a horror because you're like, okay, this, this bitch is going to die here. But I think the fact that we don't know if she's actually going to die, it, I think it's kind of like a thriller. like The ride of a thrill, like, is she really going to die? Is she going to get away? Whereas a, a horror is like, you know somebody's going to die here. Yeah. But do you think if they had done that, do you think it, they would have showed their head too early? Possibly. Like if, she got, like, like if she got away? No, like if, like if Craig had said, like, if they had shot the movie at the beginning where we just saw someone die in the hotel. Yeah, I think it probably would have, you know, get, you give know the hand Mary away a little bit. Yeah. But but that's what I'm saying. Like I think doing something like that shows it's a horror film. Yeah. Whereas the way they do it in the actual film, it's a thriller because you're not 100% sure if she's going to get away or is this the, the really the killer? Is she really going to die here, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about that horrific remake for a minute. So you Do watched it, to? and I I think, Craig, you said you've seen a little bit. I saw a clip. Ed, yeah. have you seen it? No. So we're pretty much the only people who have really seen it, and it is an exact shot-for-shot remake. Oh, my it God. It is. I mean, it, I, I always heard about it. Like, you know, it I told is you not to watch it. it is, I always thought, you know, I heard the news that it was a shot-for-shot. I mean, the damn near dialogue is the same from the original film. The... Actors. The license plate on the car is the same. Yeah, the well, they which I which is interesting because out of everything they decided to change, they changed the name the name of the sign and they changed the house. It's not even the same. The name, that. the name not, of the sign. Like you know how Bates Motel, like it's all like fluorescent and everything. It doesn't yeah. look like that at all. Okay. It looks like a Hilton sign or something like that. 
And so, I mean, it's... And it was like a... Wasn't it like a two-story? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a shot for shot, but the layout of what where they are isn't exactly shot for and shot. And I think the thing that... I think William H. Macy oh, makes a lot God. better... Really? And so, yeah. Then uh, I didn't like the uh, this rewatch. I didn't like the... Uh, no, not um, the P.I. No, not... Um, Loomis, the boyfriend. Oh, Viggo Mortensen? I didn't, yeah. Yeah. I didn't like the boyfriend in the original one. Oh, the original he, one. Yeah, even though he's not like he's not a main character, so you're not supposed to like him. No. But I felt like he was a little too cheesy. And you know, I think the biggest problem, not even so much as it's a shot for shot remake, I think it's the problem is it's like we have no ambition of just trying to do something different, so let's just copy what came before and yeah. not have any our, of our own ideas. And I think that's where it fails is you're like, it's like the Lion King. If I want to watch Lion King, I'm going to go watch Lion King. I don't really want to watch this remake of something that I know exactly what's going to happen. You know, and, you know, I was watching, you know, bits of that, the new one or the remake, and I was just like, there's no. Because Gus Van Zant wanted to know what Psycho would look like in color with really shitty actors. Yeah, it's. If somebody's well, out there wanting to know if they've never seen either movie and they just they're they're starting to grab and reach for that free one that's on Peacock, Peacock yeah. what is the one message that you could say? Don't do that. It's worth the money to go watch the original. For the love of God, please do not watch the remake. Yeah, just <laughs> that's simple enough, Craig. Yeah, I mean just just watch. Just watch. There's there's a reason one is a classic and one is deemed a horror horrible failure. Yeah, a Poor failure. Yes. Yeah. Um. So you know we get past the murder scene and the. I think it's interesting how um, Norman kind of cleans up the the murder scene and everything. It's just so like nonchalant. Of, it's so nonchalant, and it's like you part of you kind of believes that he's discovering this for the first time. I can see to that. a certain extent. But I like the way he cleans up as he's like everything has to be so perfect. Because yeah. 90% of your serial killers, you know, 70s, 80s, and 90s, you won't know, no, I was going to say, like, they are just super clean. They're neat freaks. Yeah. They clean their victims after they kill them, or they clean them before they kill them. Yeah. Uh, just, you know, stuff like that. So even this, though this movie was probably shot in 58 or 59, it's so it's creepy that I say cool, but it's so cool that he puts that aspect into Norman Bates. Yeah. Well... I, I, I kind of agree with you, Zach, because he left the name in the book of being checked in. Yeah. Uh, you know, a normal killer, if he'd done it before, he'd have been like, okay, I have to get rid of all, all which he did in the room. You know, he cleared out all the books. He got everything that he thought was hers, the newspaper, everything just threw it in the car as he was getting ready to throw it in the lake. Yeah. But he forgot that she wrote her name in the book to check in, which, you know, if somebody, if they had actually done that before. They would know to get rid of that they would know to get rid of every piece of evidence that would show that somebody was there well i mean well, he, he, he was so so right quick uh i don't want to spend too much time on it because again this movie's been out for over 50 years i think 50 um Reach it, actually 60 60 years there oh. you go oh, he, he did on. say over 50 um what do you guys think of the uh private investigator murder I mean, I think it's obvious that we were going there, but I just don't think that the 
Okay, see, son. <laughs> Don't go into a house that uh, you like. You didn't even knock, bro. Yeah. But again, he brought that upon himself. Exactly. This movie is always like the. I think the the main center of it is just choices. The choices you make end up like following you and ultimately killing you in some cases. But it also like and reveals how funny. She wasn't married, correct? No. Marion Crane. She was, yeah, she was having an affair with a married man. But how funny is it that a lot of the goofy stuff that we talk about, every, we talk about it every week on Friday the 13th when we're talking those those bonus episodes. Yeah. How funny is it that there's all that, you know, the sex, there's all that Nudity. sneaking around, you know. So you, you could even say going back to Psycho, if, if you're having sex in a horror movie, you get killed. If you enter the room and you don't knock, you get killed. If you ask too many questions, you get killed. Um, you kind of sound like Scream right now. There's nothing wrong with that. No, not at all. But uh, you know the the rules were being or the uh, yeah the, the, the rules. rules were laid down all the way back in 1960 with Psycho. Practically. Um, what did you think, Zach? We'll touch on it with with uh, or anybody. Vera Miles. Did you think she was a perfect choice for the sister? I do, yeah. I mean, she does. She does have that look-alike to uh, Janet Lee that helps her. Like you can tell that this is a sister that's worried about her sibling. Um, in- interestingly enough, she was supposed to be like Hitchcock's next leading lady, but she was supposed to be the the main lead in Vertigo, but she got pregnant while uh, filming another film, and so he he basic from what from what sources have said he basically just like. Um, didn't acknowledge her on set was really mean to her and everything and so that that's why like she's not you know Marion is always like the center of the frame and like when we get to Vera Miles' uh, Lila she's just kind of like there she's, like, like there's no special attention drawn to her um, the ending of actually finding and capturing Norman Bates as you know, Vera Miles goes into the house looking for Mrs. Bates, mm-hmm. and she turns the skeleton around. All these years later, what do you guys think of that scene? I think that skeleton is still creepy. I think, you know, if it was in color today, like in the Psycho remake, it, it looks kind of just still silly and stupid. How did it look? Or how did you think it looked in the remake? In the remake, I just thought it looked like some plaster doll that they put together the day before. I almost wish they would have just done like a complete uh, taxidermy, like he, because you know they hint that he, you know, he does that stuff, right? He, yeah. He's taxidermy. Yeah. So I think even in the original and even in the remake, I think it would have been cool if they, if he taxidermied his mom, honestly, or, or if he tried to. Honestly, it looks kind of like she has been done similar-ish because she's very well preserved. Yeah. I mean, the skeleton? No, okay. There is a skeleton, but there's even skin over it. Because you don't see a skeleton bone. You see sinew and skin over a skeleton. It looks like a burnt skeleton victim. I would, well, maybe, maybe not as much. But at the same time, it's just like you can see someone's done something with that. You can see that they've actually paid attention and, yeah. It, it's it's actually been taken care of. Craig, what do you think? Did you like the way the skeleton looked? Was it a little? Well, it was for the '60s. It was. I mean, 
I think the Goonies had something similar to it, so that came out a couple <laughs> years later. Yeah, okay, so yeah. Hey, you guys! It looks like a bird victim. It, it, it looks like a mummified. Yeah, that's, I would put it up there. So, uh, preserved. Yeah. I, yeah. I would agree with Had some meat to it. Good, good, good eyes. Good answer. Good, good answer. Good answer. Good answer. Had some meat and potatoes on to it. Good eyes on like it, it looked like It looked like dried out chicken. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you still got the skin on it, but it's all... It's all gone. All the juice is gone. Um, but then you know, Lila, she gets scared from scared from the uh, the, uh, the shock of it, and she flings her hand and messes with the lighting. And then, I mean, Anthony Perkins busts in there with that evil maniacal laugh. It almost smile. it almost didn't look like him at first. Well, that's no. that's the reveal when you find out that he's mother. Mother, yeah, yeah. And I was just like, oh shit, because <laughs> I didn't know. Yeah, you didn't know. I didn't know. Nice. So, so yeah. So was... when he comes in with that knife, all right, Scotty. And then, you know, the uh, the the boyfriend Loomis comes in after and you know holds him back. Well, cause, well, were you expecting a little bit more of a fight? It's, yeah, it's an easy take now. Well, because so leading up to that, you see she she goes into the room where which would be mother's room, and there's all this stuff in there, and then she also finds the boys' room. And it looks like there's two separate rooms, so you're like, okay, obviously the mother's here, and she's just hiding in the house because she's fucking crazy too, since she whacked out the P.I. <laughs> since she took out the P.I. And, you know, so I was expecting the mother to actually be, like, crazy, and with it being Anthony Perkins, it was, it was actually a good twist. All these some odd 50 years later, what did you think? I that mean, for, did, you, did you like the twist for, for being a, for a, a 60s for a movie? Being 60 years old and me not knowing about it, I think one speaks to I just haven't even tried to pay attention to that. And and two, I think the film itself leads into I thought there was going to be it was just the mother and son who killed off anybody who came there, but it actually just being the one. So, what did you guys think after he gets caught? You know, you hear the um, the attorney. Because they're in the, the courtroom. Psychologist. Yeah. yeah. What, what did you hear about whenever he says that? Uh, the whole. Know. I mean, we get the whole backstory to Norman. Because Norman, I guess, killed the mom and her boyfriend. Yeah. And he basically assumes her. I like. Okay. So he he, com- he comes in and he literally says, you know. I mean, he basically says that he's assumed the identity of mother, basically. And, like, he, the whole, the Norman that the town knows or the sheriff knows, because he, he, it's it's brought up one of the big twists before the actual reveal, is that mother's been dead and buried for, like, ten years. And so, the question is, is if mother is in the house, who was buried in the coffin? And so, I mean, that never, that, that answer's never really been, it's never revealed, but I, you don't need it. If you, you had know, a fantasy me, book, it, what would you think? He dug up the mom and put a victim in there? Oh, I'm sure, yeah. But, I mean, you know, the whole thing of, like, it's it being revealed that what Norman is, I to me, it's like, it helps it because we get a clear sense of what's going on. But it, in the, on the other side of the coin, it's like, if we really hadn't explained that, and it just, that's that's the end of the movie, it's like, Norman's dressed up as his, as his mother, and then it's it's, it it's yeah. Do you think that would have been a better ending, or do you like the explanation? Um, 
I, I like the explanation. Get, let, let me hear your thoughts, because you're the Hitchcock fan. The ending does not feel Hitchcockish at all. No. When, this was when, originally, originally because of uh, time restraints and everything, Hitchcock and the writer really thought that this film, two hours is really pushing it. If they ended it with just Loomis taking down Norman Bates, mm-hmm. and it, it just ended like that, you know, Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho, I think that would have been more Hitchcockish than the explanation. Yeah. I mean, this really, at one point, it was really considered, it was going to be an hour of a Alfred Hitchcock Presents. Oh. So, it was going to be like an hour-long episode, and that was going to be the end of it. But they thought, I think, at the time when this movie was being made, there was not a lot of discussion about, you know, transgender and you know dealing with psychological problems and all that and so they really needed they thought they needed the explanation in, in order for audience members to understand it oh okay. so at the that time makes, that it makes, makes sense. a lot of sense yeah it does make sense now we just know norman's mother so all right guys uh zach do you have any favorite scenes that you want to kind of name off or i mean the shower sequence is obviously up there with top favorite scenes of all time you know i really actually enjoyed the marion's journey to the motel because it's just kind of like a psychological she's having like a psychological analysis on herself and the whole like the idea of choices are following her and then obviously when um vera miles discovers what norman is and he busts in there with the, the smile and the knife and everything that's just like classic hitchcock uh, I would probably say, you know, obviously I think everybody's going to have a shower scene. Uh, a scene that doesn't probably get brought up a lot is the dinner scene where they're having the sandwiches in the office. Yeah. I think that is some of the best dialogue of the movie. Um, the back and forth between her and the car salesman, I think that's pretty fun as well. Um, and then I enjoyed the death of the PI. I thought it was a pretty fun death. What about you guys? Ed, do you have any favorite scenes? Uh, of course, the shower scene. I'd have to agree with the uh, office dinner scene or supper scene or whatever have you. I've got to agree with that uh, mainly for the dialogue uh, and the characterization, uh, how he portrayed that, and how it, it the, the differences between, you know, the very start and then the very end of the conversation and all that, you can, you can definitely tell how detailed they tried to be. And uh, I'd, I'd probably like to, uh, I think the psychological uh, breakdown at the end, I liked that personally. I thought that was kind of a... I mean, he would never even hurt a fly. Right, you know, and I mean, you know, even from the point where the psychologist comes in all the way to the point of the end of the movie, that whole scene right there, or that whole segment right there, I'd say I like all that because you get the breakdown of the uh, quote-unquote professionals versus the breakdown of himself or well herself their self whichever have you uh i think it's just awesome to see that craig what about you do you have any favorite scenes yeah i mean you guys covered um a lot of the other ones but i would say the 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 scene where the boyfriend is kind of distracting bates from oh yeah her going up into the house and he's just kind of like picking at him he's like He's in, yeah, he's antagonizing. He's antagonizing yeah. him. Almost like they kind of have it narrowed down to where they think he's the killer, but they want to check and make sure everything else. But 
That's a that's it's a like, really good scene to bring up because I forgot about how how he bullies kind of Norman Bates into like just yeah he's like he's like it, him, it, really. gets, it gets lonely around here right and if you had forty thousand dollars you'd up and leave yeah but at the same time you're sitting there thinking like why didn't Norman Bates say I have no idea what you're talking about about the money because he that's true he did he, he did he had no idea that he threw the money out in the newspaper so it's like and that I, got me on this rewatch I forgot about I really thought that he would left the, left the money on the counter on the um, the table, but he doesn't, and that's that's a huge MacGuffin in the movie. You think that's what it's all about, but no, Hitchcock just throws it out the window. Do you think the MacGuffin is the money? Oh yeah, because I mean, it's even in the plot summary. You know, it's a secretary forty thousand dollars takes forty thousand dollars, and then halfway in the movie, that's irrelevant. Yeah, so. good point. Um, star ratings, guys. I'm gonna ask everybody out there who's listening to send in your star ratings. Some of you already have on Psycho. Send us an email, cinnamon921 at gmail.com. Send us your review and your star rating of Psycho. Um, Zach, we'll start with you. Yeah, I mean, this is, you know, if someone was to say, name the best film of all time, and someone says Psycho, I mean, I, I can't argue against that. To me, I mean, it's not, per, me personally, it's not my favorite horror film. It's not my favorite Hitchcock film. But it's definitely in the top three for sure. Um, but it's, is your window number one for you? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it's a ten out of ten for sure for me. Uh, I think I'm going to agree. Ten stars three years ago. Ten stars today. Um, Psycho is just one of those movies that is creepy. It's uh, it's the foundation of what horror movies have become today, um, and what directors have become today. So not only can you look at it as like a foundation for horror films but it's also the foundation of directors um 10 stars for me craig what about you yeah so if you were to try and put this up with you know say some films today on the not necessarily just the movie but like the detail aspect or how it's shot or the big budget of the film you know this film may not be a high quality film to some people but the fact that this was put out 60 years ago for under a million dollars with the the longevity of the film, with how well it has become a cult classic to people or just a classic in general, um, and the way I thought it was shot so, simp- you know, so simple and, and so well thought out. You know, you only had about, what, seven characters that were really sort of the main f- focus of the film. Yeah. You know, that's that simplicity at its best, and it, it holds the test of time. So I'm going to give it a 10. Edward, what about you? Same thing. Uh, number t- uh, Give it a 10. Number 10. Uh, yeah, I know. Three. Number three, my lord. I'm going to go ahead and give it a 10 as well. Uh, this film is a classic and legendary for a reason. Alfred Hitchcock is a legend for a reason. Uh, Does anyone know that the Hitchcock cameo? Before um, it was in the movie? Right when she walks into the office. He's yep. right behind her. And that's another thing. you know, Directors making themselves a little spot in the film. Recently with the Stan Lee and his Marvel movies, he had a little bit of cameo, but yeah. Uh, Hitchcock doing that back in the day, yep. uh, always being a cameo in all his movies. Shyamalan does the same thing. Who? 
M Night Shyamalan. That's what I was. Yeah, I was gonna say the guy. Sorry, My yeah. favorite one is is it North by Northwest when he's getting ready to get into the train or he's waiting to cross the street, the bu- getting on the bus. Yeah. yeah. North by Northwest was fun, which we did an episode about. So go back and check out uh, all of our archives in the episodes. Zach, if you could, uh, I don't think we got an email about this, but I'm gonna personally say it. If you could pick a Hitchcock movie to do next, which one would you do? Well, I mean, I had it in my top five, so Rear Window, probably. Rear Window. Oh, Jimmy let me, Stewart. Let me ask you something, Ed, because I know we did North by Northwest, and you weren't very high on it, per se. Yeah. You didn't hate it. But he was know. high, just not on the movie. <laughs> there you go. Um, just what, yeah. just out of curiosity, what was it about this film, just this film compared to North by Northwest did you like? Is it just like recognition, the name, or what? Or the story, or what? Story. The story. Story. Honestly, uh, yeah, story definitely. Story. Um, again, send us some emails, and we will read them out at the end of every show on Mondays. Um, Mandy says top five movies that I'd want you to review: the original King Kong from the fifties, mm. Snowpiercer, Beetlejuice, The Lost Boys, and number one is Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Mm. That would be a fun conversation. That's a film. <laughs> um, Antoine says, after Friday the 13th, what's another franchise that you guys would want to review? Well, we're going to do Spider-Man after that. Spider-Man. Um, does anybody else have anything that they'd want to maybe talk about and do a bonus? Uh, I mean, somebody emailed a few weeks ago about uh, doing some movies that have won Best Picture. That, I think that would be fun. Um, aliens. When I mean, you got aliens the you got the cool. Twilight series, you got Jason Bourne. Let's do some you Twilight got... movies. You're just like anxious to get that. <laughs> Come <laughs> on. Um, William says with the state fair coming up, are any of you guys going? And if so, even if not, what are your favorite things to do there? That's a good email. Mm. I am going to the state fair. I've already got some tickets. Uh, are you going to Disney on Ice? Uh, maybe depending. I I, I don't. <laughs> What's so funny about Dude, that? Dude, I have not thought about that, but that would be awesome. I remember when my parents took me to Toy Story on Ice. We could yep. take shrooms and then go see Disney on Ice. I will <laughs> pass. I will definitely pass. I don't even like like normal mushrooms, let alone psychedelic mushrooms. mushrooms. So, speaking of mushrooms, I'm <laughs> on a low-carb, no-sugar diet, and like I still enjoy a burger, but with no, no buns. So a few weeks ago, I took gotta have the bun. I took a whole portobello mushroom and I sliced off the insides and used it as the bun. It was honestly really, really good. It was real messy and slippery, but it was really, really good. Portobello mushroom burger. So Zach, what about you? Uh, are you gonna go to the fair, dude? Not even because of COVID. I haven't been to the fair in like ten years. I'm gonna Jesus. be honest. You it, gotta get out it, and it's walk. Almost, it's not even that. It's almost like. You know, it's the same thing every year, and I understand, like, there's, like, nostalgia to it, but it's also, like, you know, let's go for the giant turkey legs and all yeah. the different, like, food turkey that's going to kill you in 10 years. Turkey leg? Uh, yeah, you I... See, you get to people watch, not to mention the concerts, <laughs> the concerts that are outside. Go, I don't on know, the just, ri- go on the rides that were put together in three hours. Yeah. I have not been to the State Fair since 2010. Damn, I, I wow. went. I went to the Texas State Fair last year, 
for the OU Texas game, but there was legit nothing going on. So there was oh yeah, there was a state fair for Texas last year. They had like no, they had like food trucks and stuff oh, for the OU they, game. But they didn't have like a they didn't big have fair. the state fair. Yeah. Yeah, I got like eight tickets, so I think I'm gonna go multiple times this year. I mean, and if you, I'll I'll go. But I go, just, I'll give you a ticket. Yeah, I'll go. I just the the Santa crew can go to the state fair. I'm not gonna go. We can uh, have a booth. Um, well, hey, that'd be nice. I, Shopping and then food would be the only two interesting I, things. I I might consider taking my daughter to the Disney on Ice. That yeah. might be something that would be pretty cool. Zach, you brought up Disney on Ice. Do you know what the attraction is this year? I think now it's gone to the point now they used to do like whatever the, the big movie was of the year. They would do the production of it. Soul would be nice, but I don't oh, think yeah. it's Soul this year. No, now it's just like a mix match. I think Moana is part of it and just different others. Gots to do the Moana. Disney on Ice would be pretty fun to do. Um, Me and Johnny probably be more high place. Give her the chance. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a fun email. Um, Dominique says, with you guys reviewing Psycho this week, have any of you guys seen Psycho 2, 3, or 4? I was going to bring that up. Has anyone ever seen the sequels? I used to have 2, 3, and 4 on Blu-ray. I watched them, but they weren't like they weren't very good. And they were Scream Factory Edition 2. My dumbass got rid of them. That's how bad they were, though. That you wanted to get rid of him. Yeah, I didn't enjoy him. Um, I think Anthony Perkins directed one of them. Yeah, he did. But he comes back and he stars as Norman Bates in the rest of the three sequels. He, the fourth one he did right before he died. Yeah. So so how the fuck does he get out of the Well, it's a, it's a mental institution, so it's just like, you know... Obviously, I've never seen it. And I think Vera Miles is in the second one, too. Yeah. Um, she she pretty... She pretty mu- or he pretty much... You know, it's like... Just if you go to... Uh, Prison, if good behavior, you eat your vegetables, say your prayers, you get out. Oh, yeah. You get out early. <laughs> but no, this is twenty years later, so he served twenty years mm-hmm. in the movie wise. You know, he gets out like a night. The movie part two is in nineteen eighty. Yeah. So it's twenty years later that the sequel came out, and the second one is probably the only one that's doable for me. Uh, I didn't enjoy four at all, and then three was. Mm. Is is four because I know two three are like. The continuation is four like a prequel. How no, no, he's oh. older in four. Oh, okay. Yeah, so four is like no, he's just continuing on that on that rampage. Like he's got to have more of this. And I will recommend the Bates Motel series. I was on A and E with Vera Farmiga and Freddie Freddie Highmore. That is pretty much like an updated prequel to Psycho. Have you? Did you finish it? Yeah. And how does the very last, the last episode... season? The last season they they kind of do the Psycho storyline. Oh. Is it right before Psycho kicks off, or is they is it actually it's a prequel? Involved? No, it's a prequel that leads up to the events of Psycho and actually does Psycho. Really? Yeah. So they have somebody who plays Marion Crane. Yeah. It, oh it's wow. It's Rihanna. Oh. Yeah. Different. Yeah, I mean, it was it was kind of a cool thing that they did with it. So I think so it was does on she have that, a shower scene. No, they, they, that's the tw- that's the twist of it. They don't actually. They do the shower scene, but it's not the way you expect it. Oh. So now that it's raining more than ever, <laughs> do the schmiggle, Craig. Lord of the Rings in December. <laughs> something to look forward to. Um, Sarah ninety seven says movies that I'd want to hear you guys review would be number five Titanic, number four Nightmare Before Christmas, number three Vertigo. Number two, oh, this is f- interesting. Goosebumps, The Haunted Mask, Part 1 and 2. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then number one is Aladdin from 2019. With okay. Will Smith. Yeah, Will Smith. That was not too bad. Yeah. 
Goosebumps. Now that is a f- interesting. That'd be a fun. That is not about the ones from the Nickelodeon in the nineties. Yeah, bro. Ooh. Any of them. Any of them. Aren't they? Are they all on Ooh. Netflix? No. Paramount Plus. They, I think they're on Paramount Plus now. Are they? Yeah. That's where all the Nickelodeon stuff is. Oh, nice. Because they were on Netflix. Yeah, they were, but they got pushed. I think they are on Paramount Plus now. Boom, that boom, would be boom, interesting. Boom, 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 boom. Um. <laughs> Jeffrey says, uh, big fan of the show. Congrats on three years. Just a heads up. Went and got a six-pack of OKC soda, and they are so tasty. New favorite pick. My favorite is the orange cream soda. Yes, sir. It is a good one. Don't even go anywhere. Like, that's it. Just get a six-pack of that. Uh, I got to tell it. Get a scoop of root beer ice cream along with their root beer soda. They'll make it for you right there in the store. A double root beer float is really good. Really, really good. Do that noise again for me, Zach. What? Mm. Uh, and then he says, Psycho is a 10 for me, as always. Can't wait for a new season. The good thing about that is you don't have to wait for a new season. We don't take six months off. We don't no. take three months off. We'll be back next week. You get your next movie. 24-7, 365. Yeah, you get your next season We're next like the week. WWE right here. <laughs> um, Jesus. Technical difficulties. Um. Sam G sixty nine says, "I'd love to hear you guys review these top movies from me." Number five, The Father with Mel Gibson. Have mm. you guys seen that movie? I've heard about it. I haven't seen um, it. Number four, The Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Number three, Unforgiven. Number two, Beasts of the Southern Wild. And then number one, it even says in quotations, "Zach, you'll love this." Die Hard. <laughs> Hell yeah! Christmas? We should just we should just do Die Hard just for the hell. Christmas or not Christmas? That oh, is the question. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty funny. Um, th- that's the kind of stuff that I like that people listen to our past episodes and have heard and pay attention. Yeah. Um, Victor we says did th- we did, uh, we talked about that what like was a long two time years ago, ago yeah. and it still continues. Oh yeah. Uh, Victor, his top five movie requests is four, five Goodfellas, four Scarface, three is Clerks. Two hey. is Goodwill Hunting, and the number one movie that he wants us to hear and debate about is X Men: Dark Phoenix. Oh. So, question: You said Clerks two. Do you like Clerks and not Jay and Silent Bob, or just just let us know where you're at with that? That's a good question. Me personally, I love Jay and Silent Bob. Fuck yeah! And then a lot of people just like Clerks and not the Jay and Silent Bob movies. Right, right, right. But even though they're still technically kind of it's all similar, the same universe, yeah. yeah. I know some people like one and not the other. Uh, that's a good, yeah. Email and let us know. That's a good question. Coco Chris says I may get some heat for this, but Psycho bored me to death after the shower scene. Anyone, anyone else get that that feeling or those vibes? Six stars. Was that's it? Was that your first time watch? Second time watch? I think that that would kind of help. I'm glad. Because like I said, it was it was my first time actually watching start to finish. So. I'm Let glad we know. brought that up about after the shower scene does it lag afterwards. So. A lot of people. Right. Yeah, we actually have some some fives and sixes in there. So it's going to be interesting to see what else anybody else says. Uh, Jessica says, if you could do anything differently about the three-year anniversary show, what would you have done different? Congratulations, by the way. Uh, gone public with it. I know with COVID and everything, it's it's kind of hard. It would have been nice to meet, you know, if, if you were willing to come out and say hi, say what's up. Or sit down and have a meal at San Marcos while we record an episode. Yeah, like th- I think that's something that I think would have been cool just to see the faces of the listeners. and mm-hmm. Actually, like, talk to you, get to meet you. I mean, uh, my autograph isn't free, but... 
<laughs> no, I mean, just like, you know, just... You're going to charge $100 for an autograph. Every letter's in a different crayon color. <laughs> N-I-L, bro. Name and its likeness. No, uh, just just good to meet the people that listen. The CW? <laughs> I'm trying to think of the frog. Double-double-double-U-B? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god um what about you zach would you have done what would you have done different as far as like maybe a three-year anniversary show would you have done a, a different movie would you have done you know anything different than what we're trying to do today i probably if we hadn't done like a movie we i probably would i probably would have suggested maybe doing another top top five plus five maybe doing our favorite episodes episodes uh we always talked about doing maybe an episode on like a television series or something to that nature. We could do our top five plus five TV series. Yeah. Ooh. Like that. That's gonna be tough. I don't really watch TV. Same here, but I've you know I've, I've seen enough. Yeah. yeah. Ed, what about you? Would you have done anything different other than today? Uh, gathering with y'all? No. Participated. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm I'm yeah. kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Fuck it, man. <laughs> Uh, Die Hard sounds good. Yes, we'll do that. <laughs> um, yeah, that's something to go do after I get home from work. Jump off a cliff? Pretty much. Oh. Um, go to sleep, bro. Daniel says, hated the private investigator guy in Psycho almost as much as I hated the original movie. Oh, shit. Um, and this was the first time watched for me, and I still don't think it was a classic like everyone says. Five stars. Well, I mean, hey, All everybody's right. got their opinion. Five stars. My yeah, notebook is five stars. I got a five star notebook. <laughs> it's not a three star. No. Um, do you guys remember those commercials from the nineties? The five star, like, oh, if you went to school with like Bro, a if you didn't have five gym, star, yeah, yeah. He's eating free lunch today. <laughs> you had to come correct with the the little neon boxes that held all your crayons. Yeah. Like I, I yeah, I wasn't. Like, you whipped that out. It's like you're about to start dealing drugs at school. Yeah. <laughs> You couldn't have both. Like I was like, I could either have a five star or have hot Cheetos and cheese. I couldn't have both. Bro, the the five star with the the like Manila envelopes on the inside that had the folders where you could store your papers. Yeah. Yeah, those now they've updated blue. Those were like, uh, it's like, bro, I got all five subjects in one notebook. I don't need different color coded notebooks. I'm cheating off that motherfucker today. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get your answers. Um, God, it's terrible. Dustin says, Scream is way better. So is Halloween. Psycho just didn't do it for me. Anthony Perkins was not believable. Five stars. Jeez. Uh, Keep in mind, the film is 60 years old. Almost old as my granddaddy. Uh, <laughs> you mean grandpappy? Grandpappy. Lawrence says, has anyone seen the god-awful remake from the 90s with Vince Vaughn? It's so terrible, but interesting. What is your favorite? Interesting. What is your favorite reboot ever made? Hmm. Is Tron Legacy considered a reboot? It's a sequel. It's a sequel. The Mummy. That's a fun reboot with Brendan Fraser. The we did an episode on the uh, Peter Jackson King Kong. Oh that, yeah, that that's was true. a fun remake. Um, your ass farts. The reboot from Jurassic oh, Park. Oh, <laughs> um. What about you, Ed? Do you have a favorite reboot that you know is is fun or just as better, just as good as the original? I'd probably have to. That's kind of a hard one. Godzilla. That's a reboot. 
That would be one of them, definitely. Yeah. 98 or 2014. 2014, definitely. Uh, 1998. Shit, you know. I like Dread, the one with Carl Urban, but yeah. I still love the original Dread, though. Robocop? Robocop is good. Carl Urban is underappreciated. Dude, I had no idea Carl Urban was in... Um, Friday Night Lights? No. The Boys? What movie was I watching the other day? Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings, yeah. Oh, is he? He's in Towers, I was yeah. sitting there, I was like, fuck, Carl Urban. Yeah, he's in Two Towers and Return of the King. Hmm. He's in the first one, too, but I don't know where. Zach, what about you? Would you, would you go with, like, King Kong, The Mummy? King Kong, The Mummy. Um, Double seven. Lion King? Sure. Just for, just to listen to me bitch about it for two hours. <laughs> is Creed considered a reboot? It's a sequel. Yeah, yeah. it's okay. a sequel. It's a band. Can anyway. you take me high? And Edward is, says he's not high. Um, that's his that's his theme song. Can you take me higher? Alejandra says my top five movies I want to hear you guys debate would be number five Conjuring three, number four Child's Play reboot, number three Pet Cemetery. Uh, it doesn't say if it's the sequel or the original. Number two is Logan. Oh yeah. And number one is a Ghost Story. Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't do that for a 24 month. Oh yeah, no, huh? I forgot about a ghost story. That was a good movie. Logan would be really fun to talk about. Would it? You don't like it, do you? You don't like Logan? Logan's alright. Um, Carrie says I feel mixed on Psycho right now. It's been a long time since I rewatched it, but right now I sit at a seven. Seven stars. I just didn't enjoy the last watch as much of a clever film. It is. Do you guys ever feel that same way about a classic? To where you like it at first, but you don't so much years later? If so, what movie would you feel that way about? Mm. I can't think of any off, off the top of my head. Usually I have to like really just not be in the mood to like a very classic movie that I love. I agree. Um, the Batman Forever and Batman and Robin movies are always hit and miss for me. But are those, those classics? To me, like th- <laughs> those are like... a. a doesn't it have to be good to be considered a classic? I don't know. It's just so near and dear to my heart. Okay, for example, then, A Nightmare on Elm Street. Sometimes I could really, really love that movie, yeah. or sometimes I could just be like, eh, this, not is, doing it for this me. is cheese water. Yeah. Like, as a friend of mine would say, cheese, cheese water. water. Yeah. It's the it's the water that's left on the pot after you make macaroni. <laughs> <laughs> that's just, that's how he explained it to me. If you heard it. Yeah. Anyways, continue. Um, yeah, I don't know about that one. Uh, Hector says, who would say is your most influential director that helped you guys get into movies and your favorite genre? Like mine would be Eli Roth and Rob Zombie really got me stuck on horror movies. That's tough. That's tough. Uh, as far as genre, I'd say comedy. Definitely say comedy. What director? That's that's the that's the thing that's hard, honestly. I could see like Judd Apatow. I think you like a lot of his stuff, like Knocked Up, Funny People. Or if you say comedy and you don't mention uh, Kevin Smith as a director, yeah. See, that's one that I would say. Don't get me wrong, but like you haven't seen half of his shit, probably. Don't get me wrong. Chasing Amy, I've never seen. I know that, but I mean like Dogma, Red State. Je- Red State, no. Tusk. Yes. I just. I- I haven't really ever been like, oh, this is directed by this person. 
was about to say, like, I've never flocked to a director just like, dude, this is Steven Spielberg. I've got to see, you know, like. That'd be mine, probably. Well, no, I figure that. Steven Spielberg. Which, you know, it's not like I don't consider, like, him, Martin Scorsese, or, you know, Quentin Tarantino great directors, and their movie's awesome. I mean, if I had to say, probably Quentin Tarantino. Mm-hmm. So I've seen a decent bit of his stuff, and I mean, honestly, like it's like okay, he's made this film, like that's kind of. I know. think I think if he had been in the business for a long time and had made more than two films, I think uh, Jordan Peele would be one, one for you. One for you. So far, yeah, uh, him or John Krasinski as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, I've really liked their work so far. Well, um, it's. Is that is it that time? It's that time. Uh, a look back. Three years has been fun. Um, no more emails. No more emails for tonight. We'll save them for for another time. You said um, that, and then we get an email saying, "Oh, my email never got read." <laughs> Are you promised you're going to do a whole email episode? You if there's, so, you, if there's you more, you kind of sound like Schwarzenegger. Just like <laughs> you said, there's going to be more emails. Read them. Read them now. <laughs> God dang, dude. Yeah, we so need this, you this do, is going to start our Arnold interview now. We need you to do. Yeah, um, I thought the movie was terrible. <laughs> it was so bad. All the way. <laughs> I quit acting and became the governor of California. Get the blockbuster. What would be your favorite movie to rent from the blockbuster Arnold? <laughs> would it be The Predator? I don't know. He's done. <laughs> Zach, is there anything else that you want to put a stamp on, Psycho, before we go into uh, 007 next week? Uh, no, you know, I'm. If anything, you know, go check out Psycho. At least, you know, give it give it the fair share. I think it deserves. You know, if you don't, if you watch it and just don't think it's up there to what people are saying, hey, you know, film is subjective. That's the beauty part of it. Um, I'm excited. We're ra- we're getting closer and closer to wrapping up 007, No Time to Die. I almost don't want to say that we're doing Spectre next week I because I feel like it's the gonna movie's getting pushed back. I know. But this is the final movie before we go see No Time to Die. Yeah. And I've never seen Spectre, so, so be I'm excited. First time watch. First time watch. <sighs> I kept thinking there was parts that I've seen before, but first time full all the way, yeah. Okay. But, I mean, overall, guys, thank you, thank you, thank you for staying with us for three years. The fact that we're three years into this is awesome. And hell, we're going to go for another three, maybe mm. even another 10. So we'll see you next week for Spectre. 10 years. Ed, what about you? Do you have anything that we want to mention before we uh, head out? we like to thank you motherfuckers for staying with our. Oh my goodness. Years, man. We, we know it's a, uh, not only is he high, but he forgot to take his medicine as well. Fuck your name, man. Not either, you know, neither of those things. Uh, no, man, honestly, it's been awesome just to have everybody to know about all the little bits of, you know, pieces of lives we've touched out there. It's been pretty cool to know that. Uh, the little helping we've had with, you know, some people here and there in past episodes has been pretty cool to, to think about for that matter. We did a GoFundMe for somebody and helped them with their dad's funeral costs. Yeah, man. I still think about that a lot. Uh, but, yeah, no. I mean, it's little things like that that I found out were cool. I'm glad you brought that up. We didn't re- we didn't help him reach his goal because we were like 19 episodes in. But could you imagine if we did that now for somebody? Oh, we, yeah, we, we probably would be able to help somebody and then some with a, with a GoFundMe. Well, 
we we did do something at least. We tried something. We helped out a little bit, you know. And I still get messages from him to this day that his mom goes back and listens to that episode. So she like, oh, yeah, I was just cries her our eyes out. Yeah. I mean, I hate to hear that it's crying, but at the same time, sometimes that's a sometimes that's what the medicine is called for uh, for that specific thing. Either way, um, past that, man, I can't wait to see what we do next. Uh, saying this is Ed. Friday the Thirteenth. Are you excited about Part Seven? We'll see. Jason lives. We'll see, man. I <laughs> I feel like he's died and came back. Who Ed? Like Fifty-five <laughs> times. Both. <laughs> Part Seven. That'll be fun. But this is Ed saying once again, I will see you on the silver screen. Why? Why did you do that? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's been... Just in case you guys want to know what that noise was, Ed slapped himself in the face. That's how he gets psyched after every episode. You're supposed to do that before the episode, Ed. That's how you're supposed to get psyched before the episode. All those drugs in the system. Yeah. Can't feel anything. Yeah. <laughs> what is that, like, uh, Fight Club when he's like, Hit me! Do it, hit me! Do it now! <laughs> um, no, I just... It's, you know... Um, like like the, the email said earlier, she wishes she had the dedication to do something for three years. I haven't been here for the entirety of three years, but I feel like I've been here a little over a year and a half on a consistent basis. You've been here for Two, three years in our hearts. I was here before everything went down. So I'll, I'll say three years, because I, I mean, we talked about things that you could do on the podcast. I didn't necessarily get a formal invitation to join until a couple of years in. And then not to mention how many times that we've snuck into dollar movies and watched all different kinds of movies when we're not supposed to. I didn't sneak in anywhere. The, ra- <laughs> the rated R movies that you've seen over at my house when you're not supposed to see anything. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Skipping out on football practices. Oh, okay. Yeah, so let's... Hold on. Let's talk about that. So the year is 2009. It was, it I was, think I'm like was, a freshman. I think it's the 2008. I think it's the man that Vince Young was on the cover. Yeah, it's 2008. I'm a uh, eighth grader in middle school, and I'm at Johnny's house. Some bonus coverage. And Madden comes out at midnight, and on so night. Um, I'm like, "Yo, Dad, I'm sailing out of Johnny's. I got to ride to football the next morning." So he's like, "All right, cool." Because my dad was all about, you know, making sure I was on top of everything, getting to practice, and uh, staying committed. My dad drives by at like nine o'clock in the morning because he's like he was a construction worker at the time, so he was in the area and comes and knocks on Johnny's door and he's like, "Is Craig here?" <laughs> and got caught. It was not a good day. I was like, "Man, I just want to play bad today, bro." So, moral of the story: your parents will always find out. Stay committed too. Stay committed. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's, no, it's just interesting, or you know. Happy to be around something for, for so long that uh, has an actual following and people enjoy listening. And, you know, we, whether we encourage you or uh, get you through the day or how it's something for you to look forward to, um, you know, it's something we don't take for granted. Um, you know, a lot of people wish they were in a position that people would actually listen to what they want to talk about. So, um, we thank you. We appreciate you. Um, like I said, hopefully we can get to a point to where we can actually meet some of you and like do like a meet and greet and do like a live podcast after the meet and greet or something yeah. like that. So that would be interesting and something to look forward to. Podcast nations and podcast uh, convention. San Antonio, here we come. Craig, you excited about uh, James Bond next week? 
I am excited. Uh, Spectre was actually a good watch in my eyes. Um, super excited for No Time to Die. Hopefully it doesn't get pushed back. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. So uh, this is Craig. I'll see you next week. <laughs> All right, guys. Don't forget, check us out next Monday, September the 20th, as we review Spectre. It's the final James Bond movie before No Time to Die, which hits theaters in October. Fingers crossed. We'll talk to you next week. Year four kicks off with James Bond 007 Spectre. Daniel Craig, check it out right here on the Cinnamon Movie Podcast. Thank you.